Now, uh, help me out, Blaster. Transform and play something uh, nice. And now, a nice and nifty musical selection for easy listening. <laughs> Hold on to your dancing shoes and go, man, go! One shall stand, one shall fall. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to One Shall Stand, One Shall Fall, a Transformers TCG podcast broadcasting live from an underground bunker in the middle of the murky Midlands. I want to boot some Decepticon right in his turbocharger. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Calm down, cliff jumper. Wow. Seriously, put that gun down. You're going to kill somebody in this studio. Goodness. Right. Anyway, I'm your uh, host, Lee, from Blue Top Productions. And uh, today, I have a motley crew of people to talk everything about Transformers the TCG. That's right. The trading card game based on the cartoon from the 80s. This podcast will talk about news about the Transformers the TCG, new releases, deck profiles, and stuff that's happening in the community. So, sit back, relax, and enjoy. One shall stand, one shall fall. What's up, guys, and welcome to another fantastic episode here on Bleep Top Productions and on our Podbean page of One Shall Stand, One Shall Fall, the one and only... That's right, TCG Podcast on the airwaves. I'm joined once again by my partner in crime, Dave Cook from the Energon Hustlers. How are you doing, Dave? Hi, mate. Yeah, I'm good. All good. Um, yeah, just almost ready for Christmas. It just seems seems weird that Christmas is like two weeks or so away, so just being busy with it that. Um, yeah, glad to be back. We're, um, you know... Just, yeah, it's cool. I feel like this episode is going to... Obviously, if you're, you're hearing this now, literally we are dropping our Matterfer interview slash podcast literally tomorrow. So when you're hearing this, it's probably around Christmas time. So yeah, a Merry Christmas from us here at uh, One Shall Stand, One Shall Fall. Uh, but also the fact is, I feel like in this episode, uh, we're in a bit too deep. Because we're reviewing something that Dave and me have no, and we're going to be honest, no idea about the subject matter. It's honest. Like, Beast Wars. Beast Wars! I don't know anything about Beast Wars. Uh, Dave, do you know anything about Beast Wars? Not a massive amount, because it's kind of after the time when I would have been watching as a kid, because it was like early 90s. Um, So for me, like, it's just a part of the Transformers continuity I know very little about other than the fact I know Optimus Prime was a gorilla and Megatron was a dinosaur that's about as yeah. much as I know um, there's a little bit of a story isn't there as to why we're why we're reviewing this this evening uh, yes. it's a really it's a real small set there's a, a member of the Facebook community called Randy who um, posted I think he posted these originally a couple of months ago yeah, but he reached he out to me a, few, a couple of weeks ago and said would you take a look at this? And I was like, yeah, man, obviously. So big shout out goes to Randy this evening, if you're listening. Um, we really like the set and we're going to just have a look at it in a little bit, a little bit more detail. Um, and then 
I think for the rest of the podcast, we're going to talk about some deck tech and, and what we've been up to, really, haven't we? Yeah, there's, there's been a lot going on behind the scenes uh, over this Christmas period, which has been a ton of fun. Like, we've been organizing interviews and people want to jump on our podcast and stuff. So we've been we've been busy behind the scenes and it's been really, really awesome. So thank you for everyone for, for basically um, leaning out and shouting out and asking for to be on a cast because that's really awesome and we're very very grateful for that and uh this is the joy of editing so we actually because dave and me have no clue who these beast wars characters are we 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 are the <laughs> worst people to probably do this set justice but my good friend ben cox and a mutual friend of our good friend dave cook he's going to be edited in on this podcast and he's going to give a little bit of uh, details behind the characters so when i edit it together i'm going to feel a little bit more educated should we say in uh playing beast wars and i believe dave we're gonna have a couple of games aren't we over the over when we get this set aren't we we're gonna put it out on your channel and my channel and then we're gonna see what works and, and other things like that aren't we yeah, um, well, I placed the order at the weekend, so um, that should hopefully be with us just after Christmas, listeners, so probably by the time you've opened all your presents and eaten too much turkey, um, we should have the, the physical cards in our hands so we can actually sit down and play some games with it, because um, I'm, I'm really interested, like, you know, I don't know much about the subject matter, but obviously we can talk about the cards in a mechanical way, and how they're going to play with the existing card sets, aren't we, so... I think yeah. you know. I think I, I think it's really really interesting. Um, the factions are different to the standard Autobot and Decepticon. Um, so you've got Maximals yes. and Predacons. I think. Yeah. I don't even know if they come from Cybertron. That's that's how little I know about um, Beast Wars. Beast Wars. We're going to look at them, aren't we? And just sort of offer some thoughts. Now it should be noted that Randy. When he sent this to me, he said he's not done much playtesting outside of playing games with him and his son. So it's really a homegrown set. So unlike the big sets like the Arc Wave 1 and the Alpha Troy Protocols we reviewed, this is a much more low-key, small set. But I, I, it piqued my interest enough to sort of give it a look. So thanks, Randy, for, for submitting them to us. Yeah, yeah. I really, I think it's really cool that a father-son duo have come up with some cards and they've been playtesting it and stuff. And I know for a fact out there, everyone loves Beast Wars. Beast Wars! There is a community that absolutely loves and adores this show. Um, And I I feel like I I was saying, and I've said it uh, publicly in my meta and everything, when this set was ever going to come out, if Wizards were ever going to do it, that was probably a chance for me to step away a little bit because... That isn't that to me personally, and this is just my opinion. Everyone's entitled to their own opinion. Like Beast Wars to me, what isn't Transformers to me? Because Transformers was Optimus Prime's a truck, Megatron's a gun, and then it moved into Rodimus, and it moved into Galvatron, then it moved into comics and stuff for me. And I divulged that way. Obviously, you know, Beast Wars came out in like the early 90s, mid 90s, somewhere in the 90s. But by that time, I had moved on from watching cartoons to, hey, there's a Sega Mega Drive, let's play Sonic. Oh, there's sports, let's go play sports, you know? And oh, girls are looking quite attractive now. You know, the whole <laughs> the whole normal things as you do when you grow up. But it 
is really cool to have a set uh, created by father and son. Uh, and yeah, hopefully you guys uh, will enjoy this. And um, hey, if, you, if you're going to make more cards, I think it'll be really cool because obviously we've already touched on it a little bit that um, they're different things in Maximals and Predacons. Due to the edit of this, I will be more educated after the edit than actually talking now uh, that I'm assuming that you could probably make create your own battle cards for them as well and do some stuff like that maybe iconic weapons they use or maybe go down the route of stratagems for like episodes and stuff it'll be it'll be quite interesting so um yeah um and also there's names in here that i guarantee to pronounce wrong so um thanks for that uh randy i really appreciate that i really do because yeah, I, I butcher names, so it's it's always good. So um, on this episode, we're going to review this set by Randy. Uh, we are going to talk about what uh, we've been doing, what, what we've been doing on our channels, and, and then we're going to finish with a little bit of a... I wouldn't say it's a deck tech, but we're gonna we're gonna give a give a deck out um, uh, each of us because we built one recently and uh, see if you guys out there want to try it and then tweak it and change it and uh, yeah it should be good fun and then we've got uh, a couple of questions from uh, listeners uh, that are in our mailbag so um, obviously if the episode goes on a little bit too long we might not be able to answer all of them so we do apologize but remember we will never forget about you when you put your questions uh, to us on the Facebooks so. Dave, just because I have seen the name, I would love for you to go first. <laughs> because I know I'm going to say that name wrong. <laughs> right. Is it, the, is it the spider one? It is the spider one, yes. Okay. It should be noted, listeners, that I'm viewing these screenshots on my phone, and Lee's got them in a nice order as per his um, computer. <laughs> so this is a bit like the roulette wheel from previous. I don't know yeah. what's coming next. So, okay. Um, okay, yeah, I can lead out with this one. It's Black Arachnia, Webs in Shadows. She is a Predacon, and she's melee in... Yeah. Uh, sorry, no, she... I, I, should we do... Yeah, let's do bot mode first. Why not? I'm doing bot mode now. Let's do bot mode. Yeah, let's do bot mode. Um, let's do bot mode. She, she looks like a woman from this. It does. It, it looks very... They look a lot more organic, I think, yeah. as, 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 the, as a whole um, than what we're kind of used to, but she's melee in bot mode. She's got five attack, 11 health, one armor, and she costs, I'll have to flip back to her that side, she costs eight stars. And she's got an interesting ability in bot mode. If you have more cards in hand than your opponent, your characters gain bold one. Okay. That's interesting. I quite like that. What do you think of the bot mode? I, 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 I... Obviously, we don't have any reference for this, so we, I feel really bad. But yeah, I, I think the the idea of having more cards than your opponent and your your character's game bold is very interesting. So maybe with this uh, character, if we, well, uh, Ben, uh, we're just going to interject. Can you tell us who this person is? Oh, you have to start with the one I'm petrified of seeing on screen, don't you? I don't like spiders, but she's cool. Black Arachnia. If I remember rightly, she was like the spy-type character. The whole point of Beast Wars is um, the Maximals, um, they're a science vessel, the Axelon, and they get sent after the Predacons one. Do not even ask me to name the ship. I have completely struck it from history. Um, and she's ba basically, the Maximals are carrying a load of stasis pods with blank protoforms, which are neither, neither side yet. And Black Arachne is one of them. When they crash land on what you find out later to be Earth... Um, that's the point of the war, is the Predacons and the Maximals are fighting over the protoforms to get more soldiers for their side. 
uh, and they're stuck in orbit and fall down. And I know she falls down. I think it's in season two. <laughs> I can't, literally, ironically, she's very much like Black Widow from Marvel Comics, in my opinion. She was like the sly, sexy spy, and how could I put it? She wouldn't be bottom rung minion like Waspinator and others were. But she was always that. She was a, she was a sound wave s character. She had brains and would manipulate people to get her own way. Awesome. I feel more educated now that I've edited it. And to be to be honest, I think that sounds really cool. I like the idea of having more cards in your hand to gain bold. And I'm assuming uh, that she's she's quite a big character in the in the series because it seems that um, from the hilarious research I've done on Beast Wars, there's not a huge roster of characters. So they're kind of small. Uh, there's smaller groups. So obviously this is probably really up to. Uh, up to what she does but i like it it's really cool i think uh for, for eight stars and 11 health that can be quite interesting because of obviously you're going to be using other cards from other sets so yeah 11 health scares me a little bit but um yeah yeah it's it's, it's pretty good so far so um let's uh, let's go to her alt mode then dave yeah um she drops down one attacking alt mode down to four but gains an armor so that's kind of what we've seen from the Alpha Trion protocols and the Arc anyway, so you know, they're, they're normally the attack goes up by one. You know, I think for eight stars, 11 health, particularly with like the damage output you've got now in Transformers, 11 health won't last that long, mm. particularly, particularly if you're building this deck in a, in a kind of bold orangey kind of way. That 11 health will dissipate very quickly. Um, so yeah, she's 4112. Uh, when this defends and you flip at least an orange and a black, so again leaning towards playing that aggressive orange build, or at least a mixed deck, um, you may scrap a random card from an opponent's hand. Now hearkening back to my magic days, random random card discard is horrible for your for the person on the receiving end. So that's actually quite a brutal little ability. Yeah, I, I yeah. I really think it's like okay, so she's got bold in one mode and she's looking at black and orange in this mode. So maybe she it, she wants to have loads of cards, but also be quite aggro at the same time. So that's quite interesting, and it, and it does have that magic feel, like you were saying, when it defends and you flip at least these. So, on the on the other side, she is very much if you have more cards, you can your characters gain bold one. So then you can literally flip to this mode, and then you've already got bold one, and then you can then scrap a card at random from your opponent's hand. Uh, when they defend and stuff, and then if they're attacking. So it's very interesting. I think that's a really cool cool mechanic going back and forth. Yeah, it's really, really interesting. It's definitely a nice piece of design because you haven't seen many characters, really, apart from what, Wave 1, Shockwave, um, and a couple of others that are kind of really have that kind of mechanic of, of, of cards and discard and stuff like that. So it's nice to see that touched on. I think it's one of the things that Wizards were quite wary about when they were designing the official sets. It was like learning from their magic experience everyone hates having their hand shredded or their land blown up you know we don't have that in transformers thank god but you know sort of that of, den of denial is is always a bit of an mpe for for people when they're playing against but yeah i think a smattering of it is needed and this reminds me very much of a, a magic card called hypnotic Spe specter which was brutal just random discard <laughs> and you can just <laughs> you think just please don't hit please don't hit the force field i want to play next time please don't oh no Oh no! So, oh no! Sad face. <laughs> Interesting as well. I don't don't know if I mentioned this already, but she is a beast. 
Yes. It's funny enough, be, being so beast, assuming, yeah, right? being beast wars. Beast wars. That would make sense, but that's really interesting <laughs> if you think of some of the cards, and this is probably going to apply to all of the cards in the set. Some of the cards we've had from the Arc Wave one, beast mode. Yep. Uh, feral yeah. tenacity. Uh, yep. I think I think she's got some possible legs, and that's not a pun not based on the fact that she's an eight-legged Whee! spider. <laughs> I think she's that's, got something. That's good, Dave. That's good. <laughs> Sometimes I amaze even myself, um, but I think she's interesting, <laughs> and I definitely like. I'm definitely gonna see what I can concoct with her. Definitely. So yeah, that's cool. Okay. One. What's the, what's the next one? What's the roulette wheel say? So so the roulette wheel on mine says that it's maximal cheetor. So with with this. Um, before we get into the card, um, Ben, can you please tell the listeners, and obviously when Dave and me listen to this episode, who is this uh, individual? Cheetor is literally the living embodiment of, if you've got Bumblebee, Hot Rod, and stuck him in one person. So he's basically the Bumblebee to Optimus Prime, or like Bumblebee is to Optimus Prime. He's that loyal scout, believes in the cause and everything. But he's got Hot Rod's cockiness of youth. It's like, yeah, I can do this. I can take on four Predacons. Then all of a sudden, he's got a hole in his chest. You know what I mean? <laughs> but he is the loyal, dependable scout. He is the bumblebee of that crew. Because the thing was, a lot of the characters were twists on personalities for G1 for me. So Cheetor was Bumblebee. So they're all twists on G1 characters. Because in the end, they're all descendants of them. If I remember rightly. He grows up through the series. The coolest bit is season... I think it, it's got to be season two. It's got to be season two. They introduce the new toy line, which is Transmetals. Which is basically... In Beast Wars, they take on animal forms because the energy on Earth is so pure. It kills them if they stay in bot mode too long. So they develop techno-organic skins. Season two, they start to more look like machines, even when they're in, in Beast Mode. Then in season three, as I remember it as season three, um, he has like this uh, horror movie moment. Megatron's trying to recreate the incident that turned him into Transmetals. And it goes, Cheetor gets flung into the machine and starts having these nightmares about, you know, being a wild animal and hunting things in the dark. And it turns out basically he's mutating further into his Transmetal 2 form, which is like a super upgrade. And oh, it just grows his personality. He becomes more mature. He's kind of like Hot Rod into Rodimus Prime, I suppose. Yet again, relating back to G1. Awesome. And with that being said, uh, in alt mode, he is a beast and he is melee. He has an attack of four, 11 health and two armor. And he costs seven stars. And for seven stars, guys, in the text box, it states when one of your other Maximals flips, you may flip this to bot mode. Interesting bit of design there, Dave. Indeed. Very um, reminiscent of Runabout and Runamuck um, from Wave 3. Um, I know a little bit about Cheetor and the fact that he was in the Cyberverse that I watched with Aiden. So I've, I'm aware of this character and he was um, had something to do with the Allspark or something like that in, in the Cyberverse. But obviously I don't know his role within the Beast Wars cartoon. Um I like that. Obviously, I haven't looked at his um, other side yet, but I think obviously if he, he if he has got eight when you flip to this mode ability, that's going to be very very interesting indeed. Because run amok and run about were always really cool when you're like, oh, flip this guy and then flip his brother and then back backwards and forwards. So to have something that isn't tied into a specific character is very interesting. 
Um, mm. uh, particularly if you, obviously the goal with with this set, I believe, is to go tribal and actually go full on into the maximal theme. So it'd be interesting to see how he interacts with stuff. His stats seem reasonable for seven stars as well. It was about you yeah. know eleven health isn't again. We touched on this with Black Arachnia. It's not too much. Um, you know he seems cool. What's he doing in uh, bot mode? Okay, so so in bot mode he becomes ranged, which is immediately smiling over here uh, behind this microphone. Uh, his attack goes up by one, and his defense goes down by one. So he trades in the opposite way to what uh, Black Arachnia did, which is kind of cool. Uh, and also it states in his box, when you flip to this mode, reveal the top two cards of your deck, scrap one of them, and place the other back on top of your deck. That is a very cool ability. I like that a lot. Yeah, that's really interesting. So obviously he does have a when you flip to this mode ability. That's kind of like focus in a way but you're digging yeah. it's, it, it's you, you have to put one back on top so if you have two cards that you don't want to flip then it is a bit of like uh, it's not quite as good as focus but that is quite interesting it's almost like a mini focus two when you flip so if you can get multiple ways of flipping you might be able to set up a really nice attack flip yeah i i, I like it i think i think the idea of uh, possibly uh, flipping uh, back and forth like showing off seems really interesting with this guy uh, just going through the deck to get the right upgrades or maybe the right actions out that you've built your deck behind can be really interesting um, I feel like I like the idea because obviously we don't have no any reference really for the show he's a cheater so he's incredibly fast so flipping back and forth and doing stuff like that is seems quite you know what cheaters would do they're really really quick so flipping back and forth could be a thing um, but yeah, I think it's great. Uh, again, like like we said with the first one, eleven health. Um, I guess is not too shabby for seven stars. Um, but I do feel like this guy is going to be doing a lot of flipping back and forth if you decide to build a deck with this uh, um, maximal, should we say? Yeah, hundred percent. He's he's going to be a. The interesting, the difference between this and focus is you can do this in your. Um, turn before you attack so you can if you've got a card draw action in your hand or an upgrade that allows you to draw cards when it enters the battlefield you can do some shenanigans beforehand to get that right card draw you know you can sort of dig for an answer or for you know i really need a weapon this turn i'll flip flip cheat or, or flip someone else to flip cheat or, and then i'm gonna do this and then yeah definitely yeah, interesting that's really cool and like you yeah, say he's rain so you can put your Very stupid sturdy javelins and all javelins. that nonsense onto him yeah living the dream right who's next on on your screen and i'll go to him okay so so on my roulette wheel it's just a thing called dinobot which um is yeah it's on my screen the artwork is like literally uh raptors ripping off people's faces and arms so uh i'm intrigued ben tell us who is dinobot Oh, Dinobot's my boy. Dinobot's my boy. Um, say my boy, he have one of the best story arcs. Uh, so Dinobot starts off as a Predacon, but he's a, he's an honourable warrior. He, 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 old-fashioned samurai, he will fight you one-on-one. -on -one. He isn't one for dirty trap tactics, dirty tricks like Megatron, Waspinator, and the rest of them are. He is that proper honourable lone warrior. I can't remember the exact reasons off the top of my head. He defects from the Predacons to the Maximals and becomes a good guy. But obviously they don't trust him at the start, but he's major, major part of his story. 
is basically at the start of Beast Wars, they don't know what planet they've crashed into until they meet um, Neanderthals. They meet Neanderthal humans and then they realize they're on planet Earth. And uh, because they also discover the Ark and all the G1 robots stuck on ancient Earth when they crashed there. Well, the Predacons have this idea that they're going to change history by killing all the humans or killing all the Autobots that are in the Ark because if they're dead before when the uh, Decepticons wake up, there's no one there to help them. There'll be no humans to assist the Autobots or there'll just be no Autobots to actually fight the Decepticons. So um, Megatron launches this attack on a Neanderthal village in this canyon and uh, the only one who's nearby is Dinobot. The other Maximals can't get... Uh, I think they're either too far away or it will take them a long time to get there. So he literally on his own takes one last stand against the entire Predacon force and dies at the end of it defending humanity. I'm going to relate this to other things as well because I know all the Transformers base have other hobbies. If you were to go into the 40k universe, it's the difference between Space Wolves and Salamanders versus other Space Marines. They go, well, humans are humans. Why do we give a toss? Whereas the Space Wolves and Sally's will stand there and fight to the last man for him. And he kind of has that hero's journey into that. Also, it's a Velociraptor. I mean, we've all watched Jurassic Park. <laughs> so, uh, that was awesome. With that being said then, Dave, what does Dinobot do in alt mode? Okay, he's a Predacon defector, which is interesting from a flavour perspective, because he's obviously was a Predacon and he's gone over to the Maxwell side. So, um, interesting there. He's a beast, he's melee, um, four attack, 12 health, one armor, eight stars. Again, all of them seem to have quite high, like top of the curve health stats for their star cost. Um, 12 for eight is quite a lot. Um, when this is attacking an untapped enemy, this gains pierce four to the end of the turn. That's wow. cool. I like that. Supporting fire plus this? Yes, that seems pretty good. <laughs> That's Bra really brain Brainstorm supporting fire beast mode into, <laughs> into an oh, untapped guy. Oh, that's scary. That's There's a little cheeky combo. Oh my gosh. That is scary. Yeah, I like how it looks like he's ripping an arm off a traditional like Cybertronian. If you look at the yeah. artwork. It actually yeah, looks like just... a normal transformer. He's literally just yonking his arm off there. So, but so so my 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 question here, like through the joys of life and everything. So Wikipedia has told me this, Dave, that this series is set is set in the future uh, from the original Transformers franchise after the events of Transformers and features and this show features the Maximals and the Predacons, descendants of the Autobots and Decepticons, respectively while engaging in battle in small teams from each faction, Clash land on an unknown planet and must find a way to return home while continuing their war. Is pretty much the bog-standard plotline for this show. So it's a continuation of what the show originates. Because I know, I think my, I can remember Ben telling me that other characters pop in. Like, you find the corpse of Megatron at one point, you also see a, a Ravage at one point, I think. Like, there's loads of interesting stuff that happens in Beast Wars that touches on the old, like, you know, Transformers G1 that you and me know really well. But, yeah, that just looks like a normal Raptor. Because, like, I would have thought this would have been a pack, but it looks like it's just one guy at the front. Because, obviously, the, the uh, we've seen the bot mode. But 
that looks like a normal raptor just ripping off this poor guy's arm. <laughs> uh, they all do. To be fair, all of the um, bots in beast mode look organic, which is a very significant departure from G1 and Robots in Disguise and a lot of the other Transformers cartoons we've had where they're all blatantly machines. These look very organic in their their um, animal modes, as it were, their beast modes. But, uh, you know, that's that's a really interesting ability. Um, you know, if you're going first, he can definitely swing. It's going to be four PS4. And if you've got those shenanigans attacking an untapped enemy, particularly one that's on low health, it's going to be pretty brutal. So, yeah, he seems pretty strong. Um, in bot mode, goes up to six attack, which is very high for eight stars. Yeah. Uh, two armor. He gets plus one attack for each maximal in your KO area. When one of your other characters is put into your KO area, repair two damage from this. Very, very, very strong. Um, you know, we haven't playtested these. We can't really give a gameplay perspective. I think he's slightly too good for eight stars. I, so my, my question is then, this, this guy must be quite good in the series because he seems, he seems to have pretty much decent stats, decent abilities... So he might be one of the key cogs to what um, the Beast Wars franchise is. So uh, overall, like not knowing anything about the stats uh, of the show, the status of the show or whatever, um, he's incredibly good for eight stars. But I'm literally, while we're going through these, I'm also writing down star costs and where they end up on each faction. Because I think with how this is built, I think you're probably going to be running either three, possibly even four wide. When, um, when playing with these bots, if you were just going to stick it towards the Maximals versus the, Pred um, the Predacons or whatever you want to call them. But yeah, Dinobot is pretty cool. I think the name's weird because I just, I just, I can't wrap my head around it because Dinobot to me is obviously, you know, Grimlock and all these other guys, but just Dinobot. Interesting. Yeah. It'd be interesting. And again, Randy, if you're listening, tell us, you know, if, if we're right or not with regards to. Um, whether Dinobot is like a swarm of these things or if it's just one guy. So, all right, moving on. Are, you, are, you, are we good to move on, Dave? Yeah, yeah, 100%. You want to touch on? No, 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 he just seems very so, good. He, he just seems very good, that's all. Yeah, so what we're going to move on to is a character that Dave and me kind of know, but in a very different form, and it's Megatron, and he's a T-Rex, which is kind of mad because that's like two of my favorite things right there. I love Megatron and I love dinosaurs. <laughs> Okay, I'm going to start off with some basics. First off, I think off the top of my head, and I am trying my best here, Megatron's not his original name. That's it. While the original name of the Predacon known as Megatron is unknown, when he read the Covenant of Primus, he chose to rename himself after the Great Destroyer. I knew it never, they never realized his original name. He takes that name on. Because basically the whole point is the Great War's over... We've now got the Maximals and Predacons instead of the Autobots and Decepticons. Everyone's at peace, but there's some who don't think it's right, or which is basically Megatron's gist, I do believe. Oh, I say that. Because I'm being influenced by the new Netflix series, because I like their version of Megatron with him being this noble warrior who wants to upset, you know, slavery and Spartacus the shit out of everything. Whereas this guy, he's not that. He is more slime than the original Megatron, if that if that's a way to describe it. He is more slime. Basically, his, his idea was to go back in time and get more energon to make the Predacons and 
Decepticons in the past stronger, because more energy means they can fight better, doesn't it? Lich, like, I can only describe him as a snake. He, he, he wasn't there for a fair fight. You watch G1, the movie. Megatron and Prime have that rivalry. In every iteration of every single Transformers, they have that rivalry, always trying to one-up each other through battle, yeah? This Megatron, if I remember rightly, he, in my opinion, did not care. He, he, he just needed to win. So when they find the Ark, they're walking through the Ark, and I couldn't help but laugh as a kid. Because basically, you've been watching these, these, these Beast Wars Transformers, and you're like, yeah, the Transformers, they're huge. Turns out, no, they're not. They go to the Ark, and Optimus Primal comes up to Optimus Prime's kneecap. They're all like normal size. They, they might as well be human size. Because basically, if I remember rightly, as they went through the generations, like, why do we need to be 12 foot tall? But what happens is Megs finds the Ark, literally flies up to the original Optimus Prime, like, huh, and says something in his usual way. So, we are now face to face, Optimus Prime. In one future, you awaken and become the great leader of the Autobots. But time shall take a different track now. Computer! All available power to primary weapon! Weapon power to maximum. I unleash the storm of vengeance! Farewell! And then blows his face off. He kills Prime while he's asleep. He's just like, bang! And then the Maximals start reacting funny, because obviously, time being broken, if there's no Autobots, there can't be any Maximals. That's what that Megatron does. He isn't like an honourable, semi-honourable, you know, Spartacus. He's a dick. So, I'm already, like, going, cool, I really want to run that Dinobot character with this guy. Even though it's 18 stars, I don't care. That's really cool. I get to run dinosaurs. So, uh, Megatron, Ruthless Tyrant. He is a leader, and guess what? He is a beast. Because of the show, Beast Wars. Beast Wars! Wouldn't have seen that coming. He's got six attack in alt mode, he's got 14 health, and he's got two armor. Now, when he goes, um, well, so in his text box, guys, it says, when this attacks an enemy that has fewer stars than him, this has bold two, and he is 10 stars. For 10 stars, he's probably going to be getting that bold two off a lot, just because I'm looking at the, 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 the bots we've reviewed so far. We have two eights and a seven. So there's, there's already three characters that literally he will get bold two on. That seems pretty strong. What are your thoughts, Dave? Yeah, he's, he's, he's all awesome. Like, the, that stat line for the star cost... Um, is incredibly good. Um, you know, comparing him to standard characters, you know, you're looking at some of the characters that cost 12, 13 now, you know, look at stuff from that we've had from the arc, you know, Galvatron at 12 stars with 17 health. So, like, if you, if you look at, like, from the perspective of a designer and say this was within the um, official matrix of cards that were being designed, say Wizard of the Coast carried it on, in any TCG or board board game that has a competitive thing like Imperial Assault or X-Wing or like that, there's power creep. Power creep always factoring because what they want to do is sell new cards. So looking at where the game, even if you just look at Wave 5 and we just discount the art completely, power creep is real. So characters that, you know, you look at some of the Wave 1 stat lines, 
like what you got for 10 stars in wave one was very different to what you got from 10 stars in wave five. So I'm not, I don't, I'm not, you know, he is, that ability, the, the bold two is bloody good. But I don't know if he's massively above the curve because if you look at the characters you might be going up against with what, you know, if you if you just do it from an isolated pocket, then yeah, he's maybe incredibly powerful. But if you put him into the grand arena of Battlefield Legend, Metroplex, Bruticus, Rodimus, Galvatron, you know, like he's not often going to have bold two against those characters. Yes, he might be able to pick off a couple of little guys, but then again, a giant T-Rex would. So I'm not, you know, not 100%. Again, we need to put these on the board. But what, you know, I have to say, Randy has chosen amazing artwork for these. Yeah, they They've look really been, cool. You know, they're obviously sourced from um, from from probably the Beast Wars toys. But yeah, six attack, fourteen health. He he reminds me a bit of Optimus Prime Freedom Fighter, to be honest. From Wave yeah. One. Yeah, that's a good point. It definitely feels Freedom Fighter esque. Very, very much so. And it's not a automatic bolt to it's a conditional. So like, yeah, I don't know. I'd like to put him on the board and see what I think. Yeah, it's it's pretty solid, but like like we've already said, with all these cards, uh, I can just keep going back to the arc and going Feral Tenacity, and also um, uh, Beast Mode. Uh, all these things are going to be like, it's a bold off. <laughs> so uh, it could be quite interesting uh, with some of those cards going into it. So uh, quite kind in, of thematic though, isn't it, for Beast just is. to go hell for leather and just terror each other. So yeah, so what's he doing bot mode? So bot mode, first off, artwork... Poor guy. That's all I gotta say. His his one of his hands is a head. That's insane. That's like with me not knowing what Beast Wars is, I'm intrigued now. Very very intrigued <laughs> because one of his hands is just a T Rex face, which is pretty darn good. So he loses obviously the Beast trait because he's transformed. Uh, he keeps leader though. His attack goes down by two. Uh, and his armor stays the same. So he loses two because obviously, you know, all that teeth, you know, they're, they're gone. But he's just got it on his hand now instead. But uh, in his text box, it says, when you flip to this mode, you may deal one damage to one of your other characters to give him plus two until the end of turn. Interesting. So I'm assuming in the show then, this Megatron, not the Megatron that we know, hurts his own geezers i don't know um so that could be quite interesting and i like the idea of this possibly with the 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 dinobot guy and then a cheaper guy because if you keep on damaging one of them you can make this guy even more powerful i don't know dave your thoughts yeah i think that's a, a cool ability um it, it's it's risk reward isn't it you're you're risking a little bit of damage here and there to get uh, uh, a temporary um stat boost one of your other guys so there could be some shenanigans here with showing off or, or or any other flip cards so i think it's nice that he's balanced the attack down obviously when he's in raging t-rex mode he's got you know six attack and he's gone down to four so this is definitely the turns where you're not attacking with Megatron. You're going to be flipping him to pump your other guys and whip them into a frenzy. I quite like that. I think that's quite interesting. Yeah, I think that's rather cool. And the artwork is dope. I feel, again, this poor, poor guy, like... Yeah, he's just, li literally... He's, 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 he's not looking uh, very well, is he, in, in, his, in his, his great big hand more thing. No, that's cool. Yeah. I, li I like it. I think, again, um, interested to see how they actually play. So yeah, that's cool. Who's next, mate? Most definite. 
Okay, so we've got um, uh, for for you, Dave, uh, spinning the roulette reel on my computer, or shall I say, scrolling down. Um, you have here the opposite leader for Ooh, the uh, spicy for the Maximals. Yeah, so take it away, sir. Well, it's Optimus Primal. Um, a nice twist on on the classic name. Optimus Primal. Oh God. So, if you want a quick overview of his character description, essentially he's a science officer. The Axelon that they're on is a, is a science vessel. He's not this warrior, this leader, but basically he's thrust into the Beast Wars and he does his best with what he can. He, he is the reluctant hero, in my opinion. I always remember it because it was like, you know, he doesn't want to fight, he doesn't want this war, he just wants to go, look, 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 Megs, can we just go back to our own time? You know, prehistoric Earth, it's kind of killing us. Energy on poisoning, yeah, job done. No? Okay, shoot me in the face. Right, whatever. Um... <laughs> He's been given this position and gone, I don't really know what I'm doing, but he's always the, he's, he's, he's the good guy. He is the epitome of the good guy. I mean, while he's the commander and he, he is professional, he has those moments where like Rat Trap and Cheetah, because they're essentially kids. in they're, they're, they're two siblings that are always fighting or playing pranks. And he has to play the father figure. But he's also got Rhinox being the father figure to him. Like, you know, he goes, should I really be doing this? Rhinox is like... Oh, I trust you. Been with you since day one. It's a new gun. <laughs> he's the maximal hero. He's a leader, funny enough, and he's a beast. Uh, 4.13.2. So not as aggressive in beast mode as Megatron. Each of your other beasts have focus one. Pretty good. Mm. When one of your maximals attacks and you flip at least orange-blue, repair one damage from the attacker. Seems okay. Yeah, seems good. He's 10 stars. Um, I actually think this is maybe more fairly costed than Megs. Yeah. Um, but I like that. It's a support character in this mode. I like that. Um, and also, if he's starting to take a pounding himself, he can stay in gorilla mode and do a little bit of repair. So if you think like toolbox and other stuff from the other waves, yeah, it's interesting. I like that. What do you think? Yeah. Yeah, I think it's interesting because obviously we've just talked about Megatron and Megatron has a possible conditional bolt two and then he's damaging his other geezers to get more attacks. And yet right off the bat, this guy gives all your beasts uh, focus one. So you have to make sure they're in the right mode. So again, another conditional thing, which is really cool. Um, but yeah, not knowing a lot about the show, I'm assuming obviously being Octopus Prime, uh, if I know Optimus Prime, I'm guessing he supports the uh, the the, um, the Maximals a lot, I guess, so he's probably playing towards that trait. Um, but Ben's probably told us what he does and what he is, so that's kind of cool. Um, but yeah, I really like it. I think it's really interesting. Um, obviously, it's a different, f um, different pips on this card as well, which is, you know, uh, orange and um, blue, which is kind of cool to see. So that would be very... It's open-ended right there, so you don't know. Again, you're going to have to probably run a multi-pip deck. But, yeah, I agree with everything you say, Dave. Throwing in some uh, repair bays and some toolboxes and some other stuff could be quite interesting for, uh, yeah. for a yeah, build. Get, get you, your dual-pip cards in there as well, um, your um, rollouts and stuff. You know, that could be quite interesting. I, I, th I think it's cool. Um, flipping over to bot mode. So he's a reverse Megatron. He actually goes up in attack when he goes into bot mode. So he goes up to six and two armor so his armor actually stays the same in both modes which is interesting he's got focus one he gains bold one for each other maximal you control 
and he gains tough one for each other maximal in your KO area. So the more of your friends that die, he gets tougher. He definitely wants to be in a mixed pip deck, doesn't he? he he's, he's mixed pip through and through. I, I'm always, I don't know about you, Lee, but whenever I build mixed pip decks, I'm always like, oh, is this, this is going to be a load of rubbish. I don't know. I don't know if it's just my deck building, but um, I f- always find mixed pips way harder to build than like total defense or total aggro. Just getting that ratio right is quite difficult, isn't it? Yeah, I think I think it is is that obviously the game at the at this point when you're looking at building a mixed pip deck is quite interesting because like if we're gonna go the mixed pip route, so you're gonna have three rollouts, you're gonna have three matrixes, uh, you can have three dead believes now, um, because even though you're not a truck or a car, you still get those orange and blue pips, which is really key. Um, you've got your uh, master metallicatos, which obviously opens up white as well, so that helps you. No, it isn't white, is it? It's, it's orange, blue, and black. But it would it would black. trigger so it would trigger still, his, still his trigger ability. The thing. Yeah, yeah. And then obviously, if you've got extra star cards, you've got fuel cachet, and then you've also got relentless uh, invasion, which is quite funny to run. Um, but yeah, it, mixed pip decks are quite interesting because you want to find the right ratio of ori- uh, orange and blue, but also you need white to keep that going. And then sometimes you're like, right, I want to add tough, and I also want to add bold, so I can flip more cards to try and get that trigger. But yeah, I really like this guy. Obviously, he's definitely, he feels to me, like not knowing the show, he feels like a leader, like he gets more and more, you know, powerful as it gets on with the bold for how much is in his team. And then obviously with tough one for each that die, that's rather cool. I really, really like that. Yeah, it's a nice bit of design and it it's quite balanced as well, I think. I think he's, his 10 stars is a good point you know you could maybe say his abilities warrant an extra star maybe to 11 but on the whole randy i really like that guy and again the artwork is out of this world i love it oh yeah the artwork is really oh, i might actually have to go and watch beast wars now because like this has piqued I, my interest I, I am i am i mean i am intrigued i'm not gonna lie i'm going through like what you're doing dave i'm going through the series slowly because I've been, due to stuff that's coming out in the future, I've been looking at the the hilarious Japanese stuff after um, the original G1 and obviously G2 and stuff like that. And there's some cool stuff in there. There's a lot of bollocks in there, but there's a lot of cool stuff (laughs) as well. Uh, So, like, seeing Six Gun, like, blowing stuff up and seeing, like, I joked, like, on the last episode, uh, if you haven't heard it, if you haven't listened to it, guys, or watched it, go back and do that. Um, Matifer, I uh, was saying, do not make fun of the trains. And then I realized I didn't know what he was talking about. So then obviously he's talking about robots in disguise, which is a 2000 thing. I was taking the piss out of Takara because there's trains that transform into a combiner called Raiden. So I had to do research. And yeah, I, I'm not going to lie. It, as soon as it went to Japan, uh, they thought it was a cool idea to make a combiner made out of trains because obviously in Japan, there's lots of trains. So... It's yeah. weird, isn't it? Yeah, I've only, I've only ever seen the one episode that's tacked onto my DVD of the '86 movie, so I've only ever watched that, and I'm like, this is just a bit weird, isn't it? It's, it is. It, it gets it, feels... it gets very weird. It does get weird. But <laughs> not then, but you know, it's a continuation. I think it has been dubbed into English now, but apparently the dubbing is so bad it's actually just not even worth watching in the dubbed version. So I know. I know. Maybe this was good. good. My interest is peaked. I'd like to know a little bit more about it. And obviously, Ben's enlightened us this evening. Yes. Um, Thank so, you, Ben. Because I, I, th- I think there's a lot of people that are in the same sort of boat that 
kind of watch G1 and don't know a lot about what came after. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm a diehard G1 fan, and then kind of I picked up some of the newer stuff through my son watching it relentlessly on um, Netflix. So, yeah, it's cool. Who, who's next, mate? Because that's Optimus Primal. I think he's cool. Who's next? Yeah, I really like I like uh, Primal. I think he's really cool. I think everyone's going to play him, so that's pretty dope. Um, right, the next one we have is a simple... Uh, he's, uh, right, okay, so we've got the character called Spirit of Starscream. So obviously, Starscream shows up. So, um, Ben, please do enlighten the listeners and us here in the studio of uh, why there is a spirit of Starscream in Beast Wars. <laughs> Starscream's ghost ends up back in time on prehistoric Earth and possesses Waspinator and then has the same idea as everyone else's. What if I could win the Great War before it ever happens? And then I think Waspinator gets blown up and the ghost gets ejected back out because Waspinator dies every five minutes in this show. Genuinely. Awesome. So, with that being said, uh, the spirit of Starscream has one attack, two health, one armor... Uh, it has it's zero stars, and it says this can't take non-combat uh, damage. So I'm just curious, and I'm very, very curious. He he um, comes in through one of the stratagems, which we'll look at yes, in a bit. Which so, comes out a little bit later. So we can maybe park him for later and then go back to him if you want. I I 100% agree. So moving moving on from from that, then uh, we'll go straight into the next character, then Dave, who. Wow, okay, this looks kind of cool. Um, it's called Predacon Scorponok. Ha! Not the Scorponok I know. No. But, uh, it's, a, it's a Scorponok. It's a, it's, a, it's a scorpion. Scorponok was a com... Most of the Predacons, bar Megatron, Black Arachnia, and Tarantulas, and Rampage in the later season, just because he was a literal murderous... But they still turned him into comic relief. All the Predacons were there for comic relief. They were these fighters, but they had, like, they'd get took out in stupid ways. And Scorponok was one, he was just your bottom line grunt, which compared to Scorponok being um, this massive city-sized combiner from G1, he was just relegated to being a scorpion who went out and did drudge work, and he did have a claw that was a rocket launcher. He was just like, yeah, I'm trying to think of who a grunt would be from G1 to relate to him, would be like, I'm going to go Autobot style. He's like your hound character. He's just a soldier. That's all he was there to do was just be a minion for Megs. He didn't really have character development for the entire series. He just died in stupid ways along with Pterosaur, Waspinator, and most of the Predacons that weren't a spider or a T-Rex. Uh, it's, it's you to review, mate. You go. Okay. Do you want, do you want me to do it? Okay. Because well, I feel cheated out of Starscream. You, you definitely <laughs> got fine. cheated out of it there. So, yeah, you, you go. So, he's a Predacon. Uh, so, Predacon Scorponok. Uh, he's loyal soldier. He's a beast of melee in alt mode. He's got three attack, 12 health, and three armor. So, the first three of the set, guys. That's really, really cool. Um, he is a total of eight stars. Uh, and in his text box, he's got tough one. And when you flip to this mode, you may scrap an armor from an enemy. Okay, so that's a cool little ability. Uh, another character that involves flipping to do some possible removal of armors, which is really interesting. And he's tough one, so yeah, very interesting. So uh, thoughts, Dave? I like him. I like him already. He's, he's the first kind of like what I call proper like character of character of the set that we've seen so far. Um, 
three armor is obviously nothing to be sniffed at. We know how good three armor is. That flipping, that can be abused, something chronic. That's that's a really, really strong ability. Um, scrapping, like that's like bashing steel shield on a stick, isn't it? So that's, yeah, that's it really, is. really, really good. You know, but there is a trade-off. He's only got three attack in this mode. So, you know, if you're flipping back to this mode and it's your turn to attack, he's not going to do a lot of damage on the counter swing. But blasting off a force field could be really key. Blasting off trithelium plating, if you're including the arc wave one in your card pool, could be really, really, really key as well, because that card is insanely powerful um, from mm -hmm. having played it a few times now. So, yeah, I like him. I think he's cool. Eight stars. Um... Yeah, he's all right, I think, in that mode. What, what, what's he doing in the bot mode? Okay, so in bot mode, he becomes ranged and melee. That's cool. That's immediately cool. He's got both traits, so I'm a happy chappy. That's really cool. It looks like he's firing a rocket from one of his claws, so that's kind of awesome as well. Um, in bot mode, he has five attacks, so he's gone up by two uh, from being in alt mode, and he loses one armor, so he goes down to two. So immediately, that's a, a dramatic change uh, for what other characters have been we've uh, talked about so far in the set, which is cool. And then in his text box, it says, when this takes non-combat damage, you may scrap a a weapon from an enemy wow this guy's all about removal that's this guy's a wow yeah awesome i i absolutely love it like came i'm just thinking came in crash you damage yourself would that trigger yeah that's interesting that's really really interesting uh, yeah he's a removal beast i like uh, i'll scouting mission ping myself blow up that that um ion blaster or whatever other nonsense you've got cosmic uh Russ Cannon from the Ark or whatever. Yeah, he's probably my favourite so far from a car design perspective. Yeah, most definitely. Um, he's ranged as well, so he fits in your ballpark of stupid hovercrafts and javelins. So yeah, he's 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 really good. I, I actually, I, he's probably my favourite so far, Randy. Really, really like that guy. Yeah, it's it's it is really funny because before we move on, like the javelin with him is very interesting because you can either choose to throw it or you keep it on to get that plus two yeah. which is very interesting which is really cool again really cool design Randy. yeah you don't like yeah you don't often see the two traits side by side normally if they've got it in one mode they don't have it in the other you know or they've got yeah. the, their melee both modes or one mode's melee one mode's range so yeah i probably my favorite card so far definitely most definitely Awesome. So, uh, Dave, moving on, we've got another Predacon. We're going to keep, keep it with Predacons, and it's a Pterosaur, uh, which looks like a pterodactyl. It does, uh, yes. Of some sorts. So, uh, Ben, please tell us about Pterosaur. Pterosaur, I have to admit, he's cooler because he actually had one of the prehistoric animals from that era. Because, you know, obviously, everyone had beast modes, but it was like, well, this is ancient Earth. Why haven't we got stuff like pterodactyls? And he had pterosaur. Pterosaur had this real proper screechy voice. I'm invincible! <laughs> That was the main thing. I was like, whenever because it was Predacon terrorized, I am going to attempt to do this. Was he had it so screechy, but yet it was memorable because he actually sounded terrifying. He sounded like a scary character, and he had a, he did have a wicked bot mode. I'm not going to lie, but yet again, all this stuff boiled down to comic relief and being a minion. Ah! 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 
should to be a Predacon. He was just there to get shot. I still can't work out how they healed them all the time. Then you, I, I do, but it's just like every episode they're being shot, especially Waspinator. Most episodes, Waspinator was just left as a head. Okay, um, that was interesting. So, Dave, let's get into the card. Yeah, he's he's a beast, funnily enough. Um, 4112, um, seven stars. When one of your characters is dealt non-combat damage, you may repair one damage from this character. Interesting. Oh, wow. That seems okay. to be a bit of a combo thing, him, him and Scorponok together. Seems quite yeah. good. Um, you know, not the most amazing... Um, offensive stat or anything like that and 11 health that, that dissipates quickly as we know so you know I think that's interesting I, I like the synergy between him and Scorponite that's something considering it's such a small set to have some nice synergy in there is very very cool and it's, it shows that Randy's thought about that um, that's interesting the way I the way I think the triggers work is very similar to how they work in magic so you could go I'm going to scouting mission Scorponok. I'm going to draw two cards, blow up that thing. Oh, and then I'm going to trigger his repair. Thank you very much. That's super cool. And also I'm thinking as well, if we think about it, Megatron damaging some other guy, you could basically hit this guy with that trigger to gain two, two, dam uh, to two attack, and then you can repair as well, I think. Yeah, so it effectively does nothing. Like Megatron, Megatron's ability is all, all profit then and no no um, you know loss. So I think that is... That's, re that's really cool. I like that card design between big faction it just shows them working almost like you know you don't expect the decepticons to work that well as a team or the predacons whatever they're called but do you know what i mean like i quite like that 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 yeah they're their synergy and that's that's you know considering this is a a fan-made set as well as a small one that hasn't had a, an extensive amount of play testing it's nice to see little bits of synergy randy so if you want to expand upon this set, I'd be interested to see what else you can come up with because that's very, very cool. Yeah, okay. So I, I I, think when it comes to this, we've seen some synergy now with the Predacons. So that's really cool design. I think that's really, really awesome. I really think the synergy, like just looking at it now, like just from just what we've seen so far, Dave, you're looking, I'm looking at building Megatron, Scorponok, and Pterosaur. That's 25 stars. You've got synergy there. You've got some cool combos going on. That's really cool. So hopefully, with the later characters we're going to get to, we might see some synergy between the Maximals, which could be really cool as well. So, um... It, yeah. It's funny you've just suggested that team because that's the exact team I was going to suggest. <laughs> so it's almost oh, like it's been designed it. that way. It's kind <laughs> of probably designed, Randy. Maybe that's the team his son or he or he plays. So uh, yeah. So um, that'd be interesting, actually, Randy. If you do do listen to this, obviously uh, drop a comment in on on the YouTube and just let us know who who designed what cards and and you know was it what was your favourite faction and that sort of thing. Um, that'd be really interesting to hear from the other side obviously if you want to come on to a future podcast would have you want to you want to talk about these cards yourself that'd be great yeah 100 percent. even have a game what, what are you going to do in the future yeah um so we've we've talked extensively about the shenanigans you can do in his alt mode so let's have a look at the bot mode now um has the ranged uh trait so one for you mate Whee. uh five <laughs> for way i love five, it 11, every one. time every time i'm like yeah ranged that's me that's me <laughs> when this attacks and you flip at least orange white you may deal one damage to a character oh that's cool okay that's interesting 
Um, um, oh God. The um. You can even ping Scorponok. your. Uh, you can yeah. You can ping Scorponok to get mid mid combat removal. Oh my God, that's that's some cool synergy. That's some cool synergy. I like that a lot. Yeah. I really do. Obviously, you can shoot their en your, the enemy characters, which is probably um, what you'd normally want to do. But if they have got something really annoying out, ping Scorponok. Boom. Oh my gosh. Like I'm even thinking now, Javelin, two, then flip those things, deal an additional one to a character. Wow, you can really spread out some love with the rain. Oh, that's beautiful. That's I, awesome. I, I like it a lot. And again, the artwork's stellar. Like, that bot mode artwork is, is really nice. So, uh, so far, if I had to say my favourite so far, it would probably be the team we've suggested. I think the, the Terracons look... Oh, sorry, not the Terracons. Predacons look incredibly good. Yeah, really do I really strong. like it. We've still got a few. We still got a few more cars to go, so it might change. I but know. They're definitely stand out. But, but we're about we're about halfway, and I'm like, yes, I like the Predacons. They're very very good. <laughs> we um, like the villains from the sounds. We of it. like. Well, to be fair, <laughs> I, I, I like my bad guys anyway. And you'll see from the the deck profile we do in a bit. Um, yeah, I like my bad guys. So, <laughs> Who, who's next, mate? Who have you got? Okay, so sticking with bad guys, we're we're going with Waspinator, Predacon Waspinator. Uh, not the brightest. Okay, <laughs> I love it. I like that. That's such a cool like thing. That's that's a. Cool it's like title. Tim Nice but dim for our UK listeners that are old like me from Harry Enfield. Tim Nice but dim. Sorry, you are Tim Nice but dim. Great friends with Dick Friendly but thick. <laughs> must have been before my time. I suppose it must seem very different to you coming back after all this time. Yeah, certainly does. In my day, the cricket pitch was over there where the chapel is now. This hall here was in what's now the swimming pool. <laughs> and those 12th century cloisters out there were a modern science block. Are you sure? Yeah. In fact, the whole school was located 70 miles north of here. <laughs> Not the brightest. <laughs> I love it. I absolutely love it. And guaranteed there's going to be a clip of that. So people will understand that. If you've, if you've watched the YouTubes, you understand. If you're listening on Podbean, I'm sorry. You probably wouldn't understand that clip without seeing the visuals. But hey, it's all good. So anyway, Waspinator, before we get into this card, Ben, can you please tell us, why is he not the brightest? Now, Waspinator is, is an interesting one. So he was the first Transformers toy of the Beast Wars line my parents ever brought me. And he was a giant wasp. And it, the toy freaked me out. Because it was so cool while it freaked me out. Because he was just so different to anything I'd seen. Because because the thing was, in Beast Wars, not everyone had like human voices. His literally sounded like he was as he was talking. He literally was the true comic relief character. I said no! Dragon Butt Command you! Subcommander Kiss Butt! Dragon Butt not Commander Wasbinator! Not anymore! Wasbinator, sick of being evil! Sick of being Predacon! Wasbinator, especially sick of getting blown to scrap all the time! Every episode he was like beaten up, blown to bits. Um. He avoided the upgrade of becoming a transmetal because he was unlucky enough to be knocked into a... I think it was some part of the ship that didn't get hit by the wave. So the one chance he had to become cool... Nah, not going to happen for him. Awesome. So, thank you very much, Ben. Uh, so, in alt mode, we're going to go to the cards now. He is a beast. 
ear, and that's the only trait he has in this mode. Um, he has Pierce 4. Revenge. Each of your other characters gets plus one attack and plus one defense until the end of turn. He has two attack, eight health, and two armor. So, Pierce 4. So obviously you want to put an upgrade on so you can get that Pierce 4, which is kind of cool because he's a wasp, and if I, if I know anything about wasps, they are very annoying and they do hurt in real life. Um, but the rev there's a revenge mechanic, which each of your other characters gets plus one attack and plus one defense until the end of turn. That can be really interesting if you just keep on pinging this guy and wanting to kill him to get that revenge with uh, the greatest card of all time that people hate, which is uh, I Still Function. Wait, I still function! You know, we yeah. love that card. Love Indeed. That card. Yeah, totally. I was about to say the same thing. And, and also, again, synergy. If he's on one health... I'll just um, Terrasaur him off the board and then I'll get plus one attack mid-combat. Shenanigans. Shenanigans! Like Shenanigans. He's only six stars. He's the cheapest one we've seen yet in the set. It is good. It is six. He is going to be the cheapest. which is Very reminiscent. Sorry. Sorry. Um, to interrupt. Very reminiscent of Trigger Happy as well. Two attack PS4. Yeah, that is true. They um, Him and Trigger Happy share that ability that's pretty cool i like that really cool so we're gonna go straight into bot mode guys in bot mode he is ranged so i'm smiling as always uh he then goes to three attacks so it goes up by one uh it stays at eight health but he goes to one armor so his armor or defense however you want to call it is lowered by one and in the text box it says when this takes non-combat damage you may draw a card then you may place a card from your hand to the top of your deck He's got a built-in plan mechanic if you want to do non-combat damage to him. That's amazing. Again, the synergy. The synergy there, they seem to work very well as a collective team. So whether you go the Megatron route or if you go for a more swarmy route with these smaller characters, they've got a lot of synergy. And I, I think that's a really quite cool little bit of card design there. Yeah, I really like it. There, is, there seems to be like the last few we've, we've gone through. There's a lot of cool synergy going going on on this which is kind of awesome so i don't know how big the beast wars roster is but that's kind of cool i really like like the design space so far randy it's really really intrigued very very intrigued me to possibly watch the show yeah he's he's cool and interesting like you know he's not going to do the most damage out of the the uh, predacons but he's got some shenanigans and when we cover his stratagem in a little while uh, he's got a trick up his sleeve as well so awesome that's really good to hear so uh, as we spin the roulette wheel on uh, our next card, Dave, we're looking at Maximal Rat Trap. Rat Trap is amazing. Rat Trap is the... Right, okay, I'm, I've done it all along. I've compared people to, say, Darth Vader and whatever all this or the previous version of Transformers. Rat Trap, Rat Trap is Rocket Raccoon. He is a wise-cracking, weapons-loving, bomb-making hero. But hates being in the fights. He, he would much rather run than be in the fight. But he, yet again, the Maximals, all, like you say, all reluctant heroes because they shouldn't have been in this. Because basically, it's not that he's a coward. He doesn't want to die. <laughs> That's literally how, how he feels. It's like, I'm, I'm not running away because I'm scared. I'm running away because I like being breathing. If Transformers breathe. But yeah, he's, a pro he's sarcastic. He's arrogant. He's rude. He gives everyone jib. But the one thing which is really cool, there's one throwaway line in the entire series that I'm going to get it wrong, but you'll get the gist of it. There's one line where he says, on my great aunt RC's grave, 
or something like that, and you're like, great. So you're descended from R.C.? Well, her family. And it's like, oh, this is cool. Because it's when you start realising that some of the current characters in Beast Wars are descended from G1 Autobots. Okie dokie. He is Demolitions and Espionage. He is a beast and a specialist. That's the first specialist we've seen. In, in yeah, the, first uh, specialist. Yeah, yeah, first specialist. Uh, 392, six stars, stealth. He goes and hides. I like that. I like characters with stealth. Yeah, interesting. When you flip to this mode, scrap a secret action from your hand to scrap a secret action in play or from oh. play. Oh, God. That's cool. That is cool. We've done something we've not really seen from Wizards apart from counter espionage. Does does that affect things that are in Spy Master's Ruse? Yeah, because it's you you play a secret action and you don't have to scrap the Spy Masters or the secret action until the end of the turn. That's a cool. Wow. I like that. Wow, that's a bit of secret action, awesome. mate. Because secret actions when they first came out were a bit. Uh, but yeah. as they've gone <laughs> along and we've got some really, really good ones now, you know what I'm talking about, mate. It's a bit, yes. uh, uh, it's a bit rubbish, you know, they're a bit pants. But no, mm. as, as it's gone along, like, particularly wave five with Spy Masters coming into force as well, that's a very, very powerful way to use your secret actions. And obviously the arc, wave one, and the Alpha Toron protocols, they've all included new secret actions. So... I like that. That's another nice bit of design space that hadn't been filled previously. I think that's really, really cool. You know, and it's not just scrap a card from your hand. You've got to be playing your own secret actions. So he's like, you know, the counter espionage rat boy. I like it. Yeah, I, I, I am. Yeah, that's really cool. Like, yeah, I'm 100% behind that. That's that's uh, secret action hate. So the hilariousness of what we say, uh, belligerence, or as I like to also call it, the B word, you can then basically uh, have this guy, flip him, and then scrap that secret action, which you think could be an end hostilities to allow that to go for, oh gosh, that's fantastic. Six stars for a, for a well, let's just say, Dennis Nedry. Access main security. Access main program grid. Uh, uh, uh. You didn't say the magic words. Please! Uh, uh, uh. God damn it! Uh, uh, uh. You didn't say the magic words? Yeah. That's uh, amazing. Uh, uh. Yeah, I think uh, I think yeah. that's that quality bit of design that's filling a hole that hasn't previously been filled. So I like that. Um, it's, it's quite in yeah, so innovative. You know, it's quite a nice nice thing that we haven't seen before. So when he goes to bot mode, he keeps specialist and gains range. So he's dual class again. Think of the shenanigans with assault formation, wedge formation. That is cool. That's value out of one character. Mm -hmm. um, I like that already. Uh, three attack, nine, two. So he his stat line is exactly the same in both modes. When he's in bot mode, when one of your secret actions is revealed, deal a damage to an enemy. I That's like cool. this guy. I like this guy a lot. Um, That's to, so cool. I'd say he's so far the standout maximal for me. I think that is it, it fulfills that deck building space I really like, which is shenanigans. Uh, it's the deck building space that Claire hates me playing, but I really like it. He's got stealth as well, so he can't just be yeeted off the board. I like it a lot. 
Wow. I yeah, I can't I can't argue with that, Dave. I'm just thinking like wedge formation and assault formation. Love this guy. Also, probably that's one thing we actually didn't look at for um uh was it Scorpion uh Scorpionok as well is yeah. ranged and melee, so he can benefit from those as well. So there's two characters in this set that basically benefit from a, a triagon card. Interesting. Yeah, d d double whammy is good. That is strong. I, I've no, nah, he's he's superb. Six stars as well, nice and cheap, um, and has got enough tricks to keep himself alive as well. Um, yeah, I like. I, I love secret actions anyway. Claire hates them, but I love them. So yeah. <laughs> and there's also you got to think. Obviously, nine health is scary, but there's obviously. Um, other cards in the sets that have already been released which allow you the ability to have secret actions that give stealth um in the i forget is it not in the shadows but it's immersed in shadows when you're tapped you are stealthed or when you're still you're stealthed so you can keep him in this mode and do loads there's there's ways around to keep this guy alive oh definitely 100 cool. there's even even the secret action from wave three hiding spot that's such a cool secret action because it just messes with their combat math completely so like, oh, i'm just gonna go and kill this guy and you're like ah, ah, he's got stealth mid combat oh and you've taken a damage because i'm in bot mode and i flipped secret action you know it's yeah Really great card design there. I actually, he's he's him and Scorponok love them both. Amazing. Um, so who's next? Okay, so we're coming on to the final character of this first first uh, um, build of uh, Randy, should we say? Uh, and it's uh, we're going to finish it with a Maximal again, and it's Maximal uh, Rhinox. I want to say it's Ox because it's got an X on the end. Rhinox is the guy you want behind you in every fight. He's the rock of the group. Prime relies on him, Rat Trap, everybody, because if you remember right, he's like their chief science officer slash engineer. But yeah, Rhinox was always the man with the plan. So Primal would, everyone would have their ideas, but he was the one who had a plan and we need to do this, we need to do that. The coolest thing about him and the toy though was his weapons were these two, I thought they were circular saws because they've got like the two massive like cannons. And then they've got circular saw blades at the front with four holes. I was like, oh, does he shoot discs? No, it turns out basically his guns are mini guns that rotate around. The circular saws are there for if someone gets close. He's a beast and a specialist. Again, that is awesome. So very similar to um, Rat Trap, which is cool. So there's a little bit of synergy going on there uh, between these two, which is cool. Uh, he's got an attack of two. 13 health and 3 armor, so he's sharing the armor like Scorponok, which is really cool. Um, he is exactly 8 stars to play, and in his text box it says Brave, so enemies attack this character if able, and when this does enough damage to KO an enemy, deal 1 damage to each enemy. That is awesome. I like it. I like it a lot. And if you look at the artwork, that's like him just battering aside a couple of, I'm presuming, Predacons. Um, that's cool. Like, yeah, it, it's going to be hard to do because he's only got two attack and he's brave. He might end up being dead before you get to that point. But if you do, like, what's the card that you love playing? Or In fact, you play nearly every game. Squ uh, squish him like bugs because it's That's great. the one. That's the one. Yeah, Squishing Light Bugs is really interesting because it's, it's only if you do damage. This is KO, but still, you could play that with this. And if... You KO someone with the uh, the ability with... Um, no, it wouldn't work. When this does enough damage. No, it's only when he does an attack. Interesting. So maybe you 
team him up with a ranged character and hilarious shenanigans and throw javelins and stuff, and th you polish them off in this mode to then spread more love out across the board, that'd be awesome. I, I think it's good. I like it. Yeah, he's cool. Like, and Brave, you know, we've been talking a lot recently about how strong Brave is as a mechanic. Um, you know, we can tell a tale of, of um, some games that we had um, recently as well um, about how powerful Brave is as a mechanic now. You know, I think... It, it kind of got forgotten about, but it it's so good. So like having a thirteen health three armor tank, effectively, because this is the the tank of the of the Beast Wars. Beast you know, he's yeah. just going to be like, "Oh, come at me, bro!" You know, I'm just going to take it. Yeah, I really like it. I think it's awesome. Um, yeah, he's he's like a tank. I absolutely love it. Um, so we are going to go to his other mode, which is in bot mode. Um, oh, okay. So he doesn't have a dual trait. He loses Beast but he keeps specialist. So that's unfortunate. But also I still I'm still okay with that. That's great. It's quite uh, balanced as well, isn't it? It's balanced it is. that he you know, that that the Predacons got a one dual trait character, the Maximals got one. Otherwise it could be like potential balance issues with one faction or the other. So Okay, so he stays specialist, which is kinda cool. Um here in bot mode he has three attacks, so it goes up by one. Oh, excuse me. Armor goes down by one, so it goes to two. And in the text box, it says when an action reveal uh, when an action revealed from your deck would be scrapped, you may scrap an upgrade from your hand to add it to your hand instead. So you could play an action when it's revealed from your deck, and it would be scrapped. So there's, I think, I want to say which one scraps ah black. Black Arachnia does some shenanigans like this, doesn't she? Wow. Okay, I like it. I like this set right now. This is cool. Yeah, I think I think I as like well it. that there's there's cards that don't see a lot of play that could be given a bit of a lease of life. What's that? What's that card from Wave Two? Scrounge. Like reveal yes. the top card of your deck. If it's an upgrade, you may play it. If it's an action, Sad Pandas. Not with Rhinox. Yeah. <laughs> Not with Rhinox. And that's searchable as well. I believe it's orange green, so that's kind of interesting. So I, yeah, I like him. I really, really like him for for eight stars. Yeah, I'm I'm in. He he feels like a tank, like he would play like a tank, but he's got the specialist trait. So I'm looking across the board because uh, this is the last character. Um, there are no specialists on the Predacons, but they also have the keyword specialists over. The Predacons, so that that opens up the whole specialist route of having field communicators and stuff like that, and the specialist weapons and the shenanigans that come with playing specialist cards. So there's a bit of balance already, I think, Dave. Yeah, hundred percent. And uh, you know what, what was I was about to say? Like you, you said, mention one of the cards I was going to talk about, and that's field communicator. Sometimes when you field communicator, you might not want to play that card straight away, particularly if it's an action like ramming speed and there's no target or it's a security checkpoint. You don't really want to set check your entire hand, but you might still want that security checkpoint for later or that rounding speed for later. Rhinox allows you to, to, to fetch it. So it, it's that's a nice bit of synergy with, with some of the specialist cards. Yeah, I really, really like it. So before we get into the stratagems then, Dave, we seem to, obviously we don't know anything about Beast Wars. Yes, we don't. Uh, thank you, Ben, for helping us out with the character explanations. We really do appreciate that. Um, what are your overall thoughts on this, uh, the characters so far? I, I really like them. I feel like they definitely can be added to like the original ses sets from Wizards and you know the, the other fan created sets as well. But as a standalone thing as well, 
they they work really really well with each other yeah i think so i think the maximals and it's kind of in line with with if you want to compare the maximals to the autobots they work as a team they 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 look out for each other and they they help each other that kind of way they feel like a unified fighting force in in that kind of perspective Whereas the Predacons are like the more aggressive, you know, so the, the, the Maximals are going to try and protect each other and, and mitigate damage in, in that kind of fashion. Whereas the Predacons are all about like, you know, they've got their synergies as well, but they're all about, they're, they're the more, definitely the more aggressive of the two factions. Um, I think it's really cool. I think for me, standout character is Scorponok. I just think he's amazing. You know, Megatron's obviously very good. Um, I'm looking forward to actually receiving when we physically get the cars because that's my Christmas present to you, isn't it? I've I've ordered you a yeah. set of, uh, of this um, from MakePlayingCards.com, and we're going to play some games with these guys. I, yeah, I, it's going to be I, fun. I I, th- I think so. Um, there's not many stratagems. There was, a, was one, two, three, four stratagems. So um, this will be quite brief, and then we'll, we can uh, crack on with the, with the, the other part of the episode, but. Do you want to take the first first one, or do you want me to do it? I don't mind. Uh, I'll, I'll let you uh, do the first one, Dave. Oh, actually, oh, no, I've seen what one of the other ones is. It's a character you already really like. So I'll take the first one, then you can take the second one, because the second one is one that you like. And then, yeah, because I think I think you'll get a kick out of it, because I've just, I haven't seen it, but I've seen the artwork on it, so it's, I think it's Rat Trap, so I'm going to keep it excited, because I know you love your secret actions. Yeah, yeah, go for it, man. You, 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 who are you doing first? We are going with a change of heart with Black Arachnia. Now, it says here, Black Arachnia gains the uh, maximal affiliation, so um, she, she looks like she changes factions, which is kind of interesting. Um, and then it states when uh, Black Arachnia causes an opponent to scrap a card from their hand, your opponent chooses and deals one damage to a character they control. And also, Black Arachnia gets plus one attack, uh, plus one health. Sorry, feel like this is pretty good. Mm, definitely. Um, and also, in, in looking at the wider um, card pool as well from the other expansions that we could play with, that's incredibly good. Yeah. It is. So that will take her from what? Because it's one star, this stratagem, and she is eight. She'll become a nine cost character with, I believe, 12 health. Yeah, 12 health is what she will get from this. This ability as well as gaining one additional health. I th- You know, I think it's it's an optional extra, isn't it? It's not mandatory for her to perform well, whereas like you look at some of the retcon stratagems that um wizards and then obviously the arc and alpha tron was just trying to fix characters this is kind of like an optional extra it's like if you want to do this you can do some crazy stuff i'm glad randy's had the foresight there um to make it just when she does it um so it's really when she's defending absolutely dave your your card is for maximal rat trap and it is called explosive ambush Mm. I like this. I've just read it whilst you've um, been announcing it. This card is mad. I love it. It's one. It's mad. It's mad. That's it. It's great. Uh, When you have maximal rap trap on the battlefield, deal one damage to an opponent whenever you play a secret action. So I think there's a couple of slight wording tweaks there, Randy, that that we could have. It's, um, you know, while you have maximal rap trap on the battlefield, deal one damage to an enemy character whenever you play a secret action would would be cool. Um, It's slightly... That's the only only thing I've noticed really word wording wise so far, but everyone gets the gist of what that's supposed to do. Let's face it, because it it's that's nuts with him. So when you play one, you ping them. When you reveal it, you ping them again. That's just stupid. That's how, good. How much is pounds? Eight. 
him with this is seven. So then you take the stratagem, which goes nine to go 16. What is Skywarp with the secret actions? Eight or nine. But oh, you okay, could, so you might not be able to pull it but you could But play, you there could is play some Night Racer. You can play Night Racer You could five. play Night... Oh, my God. Yeah, there's some, there's some bonkers secret actions shenanigans going on here. Might be coming to a YouTube channel near you once I've got these cards. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Oh, my gosh. This is bonkers. This is a great stratagem. Yeah. This it, is really, again, really cool. it, it, it's an optional extra. Um, I would, I'd have to say there's got to be a strong argument to not take this if you're taking Rat Trap. I can't envisage me taking him without it. If I'm playing, if yeah, I'm it playing, seems... it's a bit, it's a bit like Skybite from uh, the Ark. It's like if you take Skybite, you play a stratagem. It's just yeah. that good. Um, no, I like that a lot, Randy. That is amazing. That is that. That's like value from every single secret action. This guy is a possible monster. That's I, amazing. I, I rescind my last comment about Scorpion not being my favourite. This guy is my favourite, without a doubt. Like, because of the stratagem. Because of the stratagem <laughs> stupidness. That is, like, you know, in a in a isolated pocket set, that's not too bad. But in you the put, you broader put, world, if of you things. put him alongside Skywarp and or um, Night Racer, and then have either Skywarp or Pounce, that is. That is some nasty, nasty, nastiness you can do. Oh, gosh. This guy's great. This guy's really, really good. Yeah, very, very strong. Um, you're up next, dude. Okay, so we have probably the... Ah, it's it comes full circle, because I actually get the stratagem possessed by Starscream. So, Predacon Waspinator. Stratagems cost one star, plus one attack. When Predacon Waspinator enters the KO area... Flip this card and place Spirit of Starscream into play. So obviously, earlier on, I touched on it briefly because it had no star cost, so I got confused. But obviously, you will bring out the Spirit of Starscream with a stratagem. For a point, you can bring out uh, the Spirit of Starscream, which gives you one attack, two health, and one uh, armor. That might win you a game, possibly. Bringing out a late, late, late guy. Yeah, very reminiscent of the Titan Masters. It effectively, yeah. it effectively turns Waspinator into a, a kind of Titan Master. Um, yeah. Yeah, interesting. Like, you know, he can't take non-combat damage as well or non-attack damage. So, yeah, and it's interesting. Yeah. It's cool as well because we've seen this artwork before um, from the arc. This is uh, from the Ghost of Starscream, which is probably one of my favourite characters from the Art Wave 1. So to see the artwork using it, because it's a great piece of artwork, it's cool. And it makes him... It's a different take on the a similar thing, isn't it? He just turns into a little Titan Master. He's going to come and nibble, but we know what heads can do. If you've got an orange aggro deck and you go, oh, I'll just give him bold lots and a grenade launcher, and I'll just, oh, there you go, take nine off my no-star character. And it's really interesting because obviously the spirit of Starscream, it says this cannot take non-combat damage, so it reduces the effect of, like, I could just ping him off the board. But... It's just it opens up some really interesting possibilities with with how your other characters could be built. Like you could have a turn where you just play all these powerful upgrades. So this one attack guy could end up polishing off another person just because you might have left him on hardly any health. Obviously, Spirit of Starscream is ranged, so obviously that fits into the theme of like he was a jet, which is kind of cool. Um, but yeah, I really like it for a star to get ahead for a star, which will take Waspinator from being a six uh, cost character to a, a seven cost character. And then if you think about it, in his in alt mode, he goes to 
Attack three, so pierce four, Iaz. So obviously you're creeping up to obviously getting that pierce. So you're already getting pierce three. That's really good. And then obviously when you go into the other mode, you're going to four attack in bot mode, which is, you know, respectable for a uh, for a seven cost character. So, you know, not too bad. Not too bad with this stratagem. Again, I, I'd have to find a strong argument not to play this stratagem with Waspinator. Yeah. I, I think it's very good. It's almost like an auto-include with him. I really, really like that. 100%. Um, we all know how good Titans are, and the Titan Masters, they're just, they're just stupid good. So to have like a mini Titan Master in this set, it's cool. And and hopefully, yeah. um, you know, we're going to see some more cards from Randy because we've only got one left to, to, to review now, haven't we? It's the last stratagem. It is the last stratagem, so it's all on you, sir. It's called Primal Protectors. So this one isn't specific to a individual character. This is Maximals. So notably, the Predacons didn't get one, but the Maximals did. In fact, the Maximals got more stratagems in, in the set than the, the Predacons did. Um, two stars. If your starting team is only Maximals, your Maximals gain bold one and tough one. That's great. That's great. That fits in with uh, Primes, or sorry, Primals um, ability as well. So that's a nice bit of synergy there. Um, Two stars is quite a lot for a stratagem. You know, you don't see many at two stars. But I think that could be very, very good in the right build. Yeah, I'm just looking at it now. Um, yeah, I really think it could give you loads of different op options. Like, definitely two... I'm looking, if you're just thinking of this as a, a straight set across the board, with this, you're looking at possibly a two-wide if you're going to mix... Uh, if you were going to try and keep it like that. So... It's interesting. It is really cool. So obviously you'll have a few of the smaller characters if you were just going to keep it to these, which is really cool. Uh, obviously with um, with Black Arachnia, having the ability to become a Maximal can be really interesting as well. Giving her a tough and bold one can be really cool because obviously um, uh, if your opponent, if you have more cards in hand with, than your opponent, your characters gain bold one. That is very key. So you can end up getting bold bold two off the bat before any more additional bold which is kind of cool mm. lots um, of stacking there's lots of like cumulative yeah. effects so I, li I like that that's that's cool you know what what are your overall thoughts then on this micro set that randy has designed because I, I have to say he's done a, a good considering it's him and his son that have been playing this i think he's done actually a very good job um you know the only card i have con concerns about power level is possibly megatron um, he seems to be very good for 10 stars. But on the whole, I think he's done a good job and there's some great synergies between the characters he's designed. Yeah, I, I I, am pleasantly surprised and it's got me wondering about Beast Wars as a series to possibly watch to figure out like, oh, that's why this character's got this ability, why this character acts like this. But it's just looking at a design aspect. You've got the Predacons who synergize really well, but then you've got the Maximals only have one trait over the Predacons and they've also got stratagems over the Predacons so they've balanced it in that way which is really cool and and it just seems like a really well thought out set which is really really cool seeming it's just Randy and his son that have like created this and built this which is really cool and they look fantastic they've chose really cool artwork the cars look really nice you know I'm excited to get my set and uh, do some games on your channel, Dave. I'm excited and yeah. to put some on mine as well. Definitely, I, I, you know, I, I was the same because I think when Randy first released it, because it wasn't a part of the IP, I, I was particularly either familiar with or 
interested in, and that, that doesn't mean I don't mean that sound disparaging. I just it wasn't a part of the Transformers universe like you that really tickled my fancy. Um, you know, if if the first time I'd seen Transformers being played, it was Beast Wars, I'd be like, eh, it looks all right, and um, probably moved on. Do you know what I mean? Because it wasn't the nostalgia trip for me that that the actual you know Wave One was. Um, but like you, it's piqued my interest. I think there's some really cool stuff he's done here. Um, and we're definitely going to get this. We'll get some collab um, webcam matches recorded, hopefully over Christmas or maybe just after, depending on how long it takes to come from Hong Kong. Um, yeah. No, stellar job, Randy. Really, really impressed. And if you'd like to come on at any point and talk about what, what plans you've got in the future, whether you want to expand upon the characters and stratagems you've designed, whether you're working on any battle cards or what, what you'd like to do for the future, because um, we're all about supporting everyone, whether it's the massive sets that the Ark are churning out or it's the more smaller sets like yourself. Um, we, we're really keen for that, aren't we? Yeah, 100%. And um, obviously, if you've watching this on the YouTube or you're listening on Podbean or anything like that, um, the link for all these is in the description. So if the uh, if you the, this uh, set has tickled your fancy and you want to print them out and play them, uh, feel free to click that link below. And yeah, uh, hit Randy up. I'm pretty positive he's a part of the Facebook community uh, and talk to him and just uh, thank him for a set because this is well thought out and awesomely designed and a different take on what we've seen. There's some interesting things like synergies and characters working off each other and stuff like that, which hasn't been done uh, in the Transformers TCG to the, uh, to the recollection of my knowledge. Like... Just, just the obvious one, like run about and run amok, I think. And obviously, with Matt's, you know, Sunstreaker and Sideswipe, obviously those those four were built to work with each other and stuff like that. But with these, it's like the synergies you can have throughout, like taking other ones and and this one and that one and stuff. So it's just really cool. Flip Rat Trap to flip cheat or to dig for a secret action for you. It's good. It's good. It's great. I like it's it. So cool. I like it, and I'm I'm interested to see how the two factions play opposite each other. I think to start with, I'd probably go theme and just do Maximals versus Predacons. You know, probably when we get them, that's what I'll do. But yeah. then uh, we can do some of the crazy nonsense that we've talked about, <laughs> like yes, we will we'll go like the multiverse theory. Yeah, the multiverse <laughs> theory. But no, thanks, Randy. Thank you for sending the cast to me. Um, absolute pleasure looking at these cars in a bit more detail. So thank you. Um, really, really cool. Awesome source. Thank you very much, Randy, um, for the set. So, guys, with that being said, that's our first bit of the section done. Everything, every time we seem to have a podcast at the moment, it's reviewing or talking about cards. So now we get to kick back and uh, relax a little bit because we're moving on to the next section where we're going to be talking about what's going on on our channels, what we've got planned, what's coming up, uh, so you guys can, uh, you know, get excited about what content Dave and myself are brewing. Uh, and also, we've got, uh, each of us have a deck for you to try out and possibly expand and make even better. Because I can tell you for a fact, I don't make great decks sometimes and forget about things. I learned that the hard way this week playing Dave. So, uh, with that being said, Dave, um, what is coming up on your channel? And, uh, yeah, what have you been building and what deck have you got to, uh, to tell the listeners uh, over this lovely podcast? Yeah, um, well, it's actually quite an exciting week. You know, at the time of recording, um, we were recording on a Thursday. On Tuesday, just gone, so when my um, latest video went out, it was the one-year anniversary of the Energon Hustlers' first episode. 
So it's been an exciting week for me because um, unfortunately at the time of, of this podcast going out, the competition will have ended, but I've been able to do a giveaway competition uh, for my viewers and listeners. Uh, I've donated some really cool product from jokerstoybox.com, who are a UK uh, friendly local game store. And that competition went out this week, so that closes on the 15th. So unless you can work some wizardry and get it out before then, <laughs> unfortunately the listeners won't have a chance to enter that. So that's really cool. So I'm, I'm going to be doing that. However, for those listeners that are interested in giveaways and competitions, I have something very special. I'm a relatively new YouTuber when it comes to making content. Um, so my subscriber count isn't as high as, as the mighty Mr. McAlpin. It's all right. It's all right. Man. But we are nearly at 100 subscribers. And I've got something, listeners, if you want in on this competition, um, and I alluded to, to this in my recent episode when I did the thank yous for, for everyone that's been part of the channel, including Lee, um, for the last 12 months. If I hit 100 subscribers um, over the Christmas holidays... I have a full set of Alpha Trion Protocol sets one and two printed on their way for a lucky listener. That's legit. That's pretty legit. So subscribe to the Energon Hustlers, subscribe to Bleaked Up Productions, subscribe, you know, do, to support us. And as a thank you, because there's been many, many people involved in the last 12 months, I thought I'd do something extra cool as a prize. And I think an Alpha Trion Protocol sets one and two professionally printed that's pretty cool that is pretty awesome i'm not gonna lie that is that if that's not enough incentive because this episode is coming out well let's have a look the date of recording this is the 10th so it normally will probably drop probably the following week so you're probably hearing this a week on maybe either like 17th or 16th so probably you might have missed out on this but if you haven't, if you've missed out on that competition of helping uh, celebrate uh, Dave's one-year anniversary of the Energon Hustlers, do go and be a part of this one, which is subscribe to our channel and subscribe to his channel mainly because we want to get him over the 100 subscriber mark. And you're going to get the set professionally printed, guys. Like, I've seen these cards when they are printed. I am legitimately going, wow, my set of Alpha Trion here looks really, really sad compared to Dave's, but <laughs> I can still play with those cards, which I'm perfectly fine with. And I can tell you now, what some of my more recent videos since the Arc Wave 1 dropped, and Lee, you saw the cards yesterday um, via webcam, you can't, apart from the non-foiling, you put the card side by side with the legit one, and you can't tell, can you, Lee? You really can't. No, you really can't. They're really, really high quality. I'm, I've am i watched Dave's intro, uh, introduction of how to do them, because there was a game that I uh, kick-started, which unfortunately didn't get, due to, unfortunately, the company not being able to print the stuff, have sent out PDFs of everything for all the cards of this amazing game that I'm going to be bringing in the new year at some point. Um, and I'm going to use this website to get them printed. One thing, listeners, I will say is it's not the cheapest route. You could probably get your cards printed cheaper by a local printers, but they will not be the quality. So you're paying for, paying for what you get at the end of the day. Shipping as well isn't cheap. But go and check out the tutorial. It'll explain, it'll explain to you my, my reasoning behind what I've ordered. Um, I think they're a fantastic site. I think it's a really great prize. Alpha Trion Protocol set two is so good. Coneheads, the lot, drift, 
everything and you you will have them um my previous competition was only eligible for uk entrance and that was mainly due to the cost of shipping however shipping a small parcel worldwide isn't as much of an issue because it's only what nine characters in alpha Tron protocols 2 yeah it's quite small it's about 30 cards um of battle size a battle card size and then um nine characters so i'm happy listeners um to send that worldwide so subscribe get in um, yes get in and i'll do a prize draw over the christmas holidays if i hit 100 and a lucky winner will have that sent to them yes and uh and we can find out who has subscribed because he can check his subscriber feed so if you have if you said oh no i entered i entered and we're like well you didn't because we can check your subscriber feed of who is the subscriber so um yeah no cheating guys there'll be a facebook and twitter post as well um that's something else i did this week actually i, I joined twitter so i joined twitter so um if you're on twitter and you'd like to connect with um the energon hustlers is at energon hustlers um obviously on facebook as well um so yeah that that's kind of like this week's been that uh, what else i've been doing um just really getting ready to interview people i've had some contact this week from a lovely guy called eddie in america who designed the reformatted set and me and lee we're going to be interviewing eddie aren't we at some point on that yeah we are we are we are yeah we just need a need a connect so we can have the creator and we can obviously talk about the car but also have the design aspect as well so that would be a really another really good episode to listen to because to but uh, to get behind the design aspect because obviously if you've listened to the matter for episode some of the answers he gave to why they did some of the card design and stuff like that was really insightful so that'll be a really good episode to look out for in the not too distant future i've been chatting to salty this week of blues on attack fame um so he said he he would like to have a chat with us at some point which would be awesome I've been designing quite a few decks for the channel. Um, did, did a lot of editing. I, I had a real technology mi- mishap this week with editing. It meant, it meant I had to edit it, edit the same video twice. The things we go to. So this is the thing that the people just like click on YouTube and they're like play, and they're like you don't know how how bad it can be if it goes wrong. But no, I've been building a lot of decks. Um, one I'm going to go through after you chat about what you've been doing. Um, when we do a little deck deck tech section. Um, I today I've built two decks. I built Skybite and the Shark Cons. It's called Shark Attack. All the teeth, all the time, and all the beast, all bold, bold, black, bold, pierce, horribleness. But yeah, that's that's what we've been doing this last week, Sam. Awesome source. So so for me, it's been quite interesting because obviously. Um, as I stated on a few podcasts previously, our channel is kind of changing. We are we are moving into a new era at Blue Top Productions. We're focusing on podcasts. We're focusing less on certain games. We're trimming. The best way of describing it is as I'm trimming the fat off the channel. Like I know what I want to do. And obviously, like I keep saying, if you're a one man team, you don't have a group of editors that can just basically go, I'm going to put this, this amount of content out all the time. So we are always wanting to do production values and quality over just bombardment of content so obviously you know we're doing one shall stand one shall fall as a podcast we want to be a voice in the community there's a bit of a tagline for it there's logos in the works for it already which is kind of cool um we've got merch on the on the on the horizon dave we're gonna have some custom cards that you guys can hilariously play in a game uh to let you guys know they're not gonna be a lot of stars because they're just gonna be some fun things that you're able to play 
as a possible stratagem, just to give you guys a heads up. So we're not breaking the game with busting characters, just awesome stratagem cards for you guys to, to hilariously support our channel and be like, oh yeah, I'd like to like to play that card just as a uh, shits and giggles in a way. So we're working on that. And uh, there's a lot of stuff. Like in my free time, I've been painting a lot of minis because as most of you might not know, I, I do a lot of miniature games. Um, I've talked to Dave a little bit about it. Um, off air, but um, in the new year going forward, we're going to be bringing some Imperial Assault campaign videos out. Which, uh, if you if you know anything about Star Wars, I'm 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 I wouldn't say I'm a mega mega fan, but I enjoy Star Wars. Um, and really watching like the Mandalorian and playing some of the newer games and stuff recently has kind of ignited this passion to go. Yeah, I want to do something different on the channel. And obviously, before like fantasy flight gave up the rights to star wars they had a really cool app that you could use to play against uh, a computer so you didn't have to have one of your friends be the imperial like player and screw everyone over and then you don't talk to that guy for several weeks uh, you could just yell at a computer now uh, which uh, we're gonna do um so we're gonna do the custom uh adventure that they they've done fantasy flight before they obviously passed over the rights so that's going to be coming soon uh, the first episode has been filmed uh it is coming out in january so look forward to that um and there's some other fun stuff uh, on the horizon but obviously you know still with covid we don't know um, what to expect but there are some things on my channel that a lot of my friends have said I want to do that with you at some point so there's some new exciting things returning and uh, you know with sprinkles of bits and bobs everywhere but still the main force and driving force behind this channel is Transformers TCG that will always be the backbone uh, but we will be doing other things as well um, which is exciting and I know you guys like our stuff because of obviously how much like quality we want to do over quantity so uh, hopefully you guys are, have been enjoying all these epic epic podcasts because they've been a fun to edit with all the random clips in and somehow they still work in an audio medium a few people have said even though i can't see the video clip it just works well because i know what clip is being played so um with that being said dave let's get into i don't know what can we call this segment because we've already done the deck tech challenge is a thing Maybe we need to leave it open for the listeners to possibly come listeners up with a name choose, for it. choose what this you know. This is kind of like an analysis section and a bit of theory crafting. And I'd like to keep this as a regular part of the episodes where we're not doing mammoth set reviews or, or really long interviews. I think it's quite nice to do a bit of deck analysis. So yeah, listeners, tell us what you'd like to have as the name for this section. That'd be that'd be interesting. So. We'll move into it if you want. Do you want me to go first? Yeah, yeah. Let's. I want. I want to. I want to see all about the teeth. So obviously on the screen right now, Davis sent me all the cards and everything. So there's like a nice deck list uh, of all the cards that are on there. But I want Dave to to just talk about the characters a little bit and then talk about the actions and the upgrades. And uh, then you're obviously on the screen. If you can see that, you can see the total amount and all that jazz. Uh, but also, if you're on Podbean, you guys are going to have a bit of an audio overload right now. So uh, you're going to have fun. Trust me, it'll be good fun. So, uh, yeah, Dave, let's get into Shark Attack. Shark. The, the deck that you built for this... Uh, right, this listeners, this, this deck is called Shark Attack. And it's, it's completely comprised of Arc Wave 1 characters. So there's probably no surprise for those of you that have listened to the set reviews and are familiar with the Art Wave one. The one character, and we, we talked about this in our set review, and Lee was like, 
I need to play this guy because it's a flying robot shark. And that's Skybite, the Harbinger of Doom. So he comes in at 11 stars. Um, so he's the core of your deck. He's your big heavy hitter. Seven attack, 15 health, one armor. When he attacks, put the top three cards of your deck face down under this. So interesting. Like, does something cool. He's got to do something cool with that, hasn't he? Bot mode. Uh, he's leader in range. He's beast and melee in the other mode. Um, six, 15, zero. So he drops down to no armor and slightly less attack. But when you flip to this mode, play a card from under this. Scrap that card at the end of the turn. That's a really cool ability. So I wanted to build something around Skybite. Um, and then it could just conveniently fit in with these other three characters that kind of right round out the uh, remaining stars, barring one. I've got a star card at the end, which I'll come to. Um, so my next character is a voracious hunter, and he's called Gnor. Um, he's a shark con, beast melee. Um, three, ten, two. When you flip to this mode, return a mercenary card from your scrap pile to your hand. Uh, bot mode, three, ten, one. When you flip to this mode, one of your shark cons gets bold two until the end of turn. That can include himself. Um, so he's really solid at five stars and a really nice mercenary at five stars as well, I think. And then the last character from the Art Wave one. I've got two copies. I could have up to three if I had the stars available, but I've got two copies of Sharkticon Feeding Frenzy. Two attacks, seven health, zero armor. So a bit weedy, but they only cost four stars each. Horde three, so you can have up to three. Revenge, untap one of your tapped Sharkticons if you don't draw a card. So if they yeet it off the board and you haven't attacked with anyone else, you're going to replace um, a card in your hand. You're going to get a card back. Um, or you can ready for action one of your other shark cons, which I think is quite sweet, and it kind of fits in with the, the 86 movie. 370 in bot mode, tap, scrap a black card from your hand, draw a card. You may play a card. That's a really solid ability as well, and tandems, obviously, if you've got lots of them. Um, so th these cards were designed by Matifer for in the case of Skybite, and then Gnaw and Sharkticon were designed by Ad, so Blue's on attack, so... I wanted to do something with that team. What do you think of the team, Lee, so far? Does that sound pointing teethy enough for you? Mate, there is uh, enough teeth in there that the Cheshire Cat is even smiling right now. There's a lot of teeth. There is a lot of teeth, and it's awesome. It's good, though. I, I want to I wanna hear about this craziness, because you, you, you hinted at bold, like, madness, so I'm, I'm intrigued, like, what madness uh, will ensue with all this teeth. Yeah, it's not very much on the defense this deck. Um, you know, the last star is Skybite Stratagem, and I think I think we covered it in our set reviews. Like, if you're going to play Skybite, you really want it Stratagem because it's so bloody good. Um, and his Stratagem is a star for each card under your Skybite Harbinger of Doom. He has plus one health and plus one armor, up to plus three, plus three. That's so good. You know, that takes him from fifteen to eighteen health off his first swing. You don't even have to flip to the bot mode and play one of the cards. You can just leave him with three cards under him. He'll have 18 health and four armor. Ugh. Uh. Yep. Thanks, Matt. <laughs> Thanks, Matt. I really like that character. Um, so, yeah, we've, we've, got, we've got a selection of stuff um, to go through now. So I'll, I'll go into the actions. Um, like Lee said, if you're watching on YouTube, you can see the debt list as I'm, I'm talking about it. So starting off with, we've got three copies of Dual Wield from Wave 4, which is a double black card. One of your characters gets an extra weapon slot until the end of the turn. If that character is a 
mercenary, which coincidentally the Sharpticons and Nor are, um, you may play a weapon from your scrap pile onto it. I thought that would synergize really well with some of the other stuff in the deck. Um, so you can either go so double double whammy with the two weapons if you've been fortunate enough to have two weapons on, on a character. If not, you can um, pull one of the weapons, which I'm going to go for in a minute, back on, on onto a character. So I think that's got some real mileage. And the fact that Nor can get it back so you can keep doing it seems naughty. Next action. Three copies of Fight for Position, just because Black Pip, um, Bold 2, just enough said, don't really need to talk about that much more. Three copies of Nothing's Gonna Stand in Our Way. Um, bit thematic, because it's a picture of a Hot Rod surrounded by Sharkticons. Uh, one of your characters gets pierced one until the end of the turn. Um, if this is the third Nothing's Gonna Stand in Our Way you've played this turn, untap one of your characters with 12 stars or fewer. Skybite's 11. Um, you may play another one. Just, yeah, that's going to be nuts. Two copies of Work Overtime. I haven't got a lot of other card draw in the deck. Uh, I wanted to try and keep it as orange and black heavy as possible, so I didn't want to dilute it with too many cards like Pocket Process or anything. So if you do run out of cards, Work Overtime can reload your hand. Uh, two copies of Ramming Speed, just because they blow up stuff that you don't want on the enemy side of the board. Two copies of Camion Crash from Wave 5. Uh, it's got the Black Pips that synergize as well with the Shark Tacons, and we've talked enough about Camion Crash being busted. So there you go. I figured the next card would be really good um, from the perspective of the fact that a lot of these characters want to be attacking in their alt modes. I don't really see me flipping Skybite very much, if I'm absolutely honest. So the, the card I think I'll be flipping a lot is Gnaw, to recur stuff. And I'll probably keep the Sharkticons in, in alt mode most of the time. So head on collision, two copies of, just because it's a leap into battle, it's a white pit. It just keeps your, your pit count up. Uh, two copies of incoming transmission. Not a lot of card draw, like I said, but that can help set up a, a nasty attack. You know, if they've got someone on low health and you want to ensure that you pierce through, putting a dual wheel back on top of your deck can be horrible. And the last action, and it's probably no surprise, um, because they're all beasts. What what card is it, Lee? I've got three of them. Um, I want to say beast mode? It is beast mode. Well done. Thanks. So yeah, choose one of your characters. Predacon or beast. Um, when it attacks an enemy in bottle body mode this turn, it gets bold for. What is that? That just seems good. So that's the actions. What are your thoughts on the actions, mate? Mad. I love it. I really, really like it. Um... To me, it seems so theme. Like if you've like ever seen a shark, I've never seen a shark be defensive. It's always on the offensive. So right off the bat, I'm feeling like, yeah, this is this is awesome. And it's also highlighting characters that people might not have looked at yet. Like, I'm not gonna lie. I keep saying I really can't wait to play shark to cons. I really can't wait to play shark to cons. I haven't found a good pa pairing with them, and then Skybite. And I completely, again, not to, to, to throw shade at Matt, I completely forgot about a card that I was really excited to play about. So now uh, now maybe I have to play Dave's deck, maybe. Maybe. But uh, yeah, so far, so good, man. So that's the action. So far, so good. Yeah, that's the action. So the upgrades. There's a couple in here that I'm not 100% sold on. Um, but I want to try them out, primarily because I've just run out of the one I'd normally put in its place. And I'm playing two copies of Emergency Barricade. You could play Force Field in its place. I think force field fulfills a different role in the deck. 
plus three armor. If you put that on Skybite when he's got three cars under him, he's got seven armor. Yeah. Dumb. Dumb. Uh, the next armor isn't really an armor at all. It's three copies of Improvised Shield. Um, I'm not playing Peace Through Tyranny just because it doesn't do anything for this deck because apart, you're never going to want to Peace Through Tyranny Skybite all the other characters you can't Peace Through Tyranny, so you might as well play, play the shield. You're never going to play it. It's just... You know, you're not actually going to play it from your hand. It just it just needs to be in the deck for the double orange. So that's why it's there. Enough said. Um, a bashing shield because removal is a thing. A enforcement battens for the very same reason. Another armor. This is wave one from the arc. Feral tenacity. So I want to give it a try. Um, we talked about it quite a lot, didn't we, on on our review? And it's an interesting thing. This is the first time I think a battle cards included the way to recruit counters on it. So, put only on Predacons or Beasts. Uh, when the, un the upgraded character takes damage, put one Rage Counter on this. The upgraded character gets plus one attack for each Rage Counter on it. At the end of the turn, remove all Rage Counters, plus one armor. I haven't gone Hell for Leather on the damaging my own character's mechanic. I think you possibly could. Um, but I want to err on the side of caution because I don't really know how this card's going to interact. So I thought, well, we'll just see um, if it turns out I want to really pump that but if they plan to skybite when he's got that he's going to hurt them when he comes back at them so three copies of grenade launcher um i don't need to talk about that card do i really Lou? Uh, 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 here we go when you absolutely positively got to kill every mother in the room except no substitutes you could maybe in its place play the cosmic rust cannon which would synergize well with the the um feral tenacity but like I said, I didn't want to go to, until I've played this a couple of times, I'm going, okay, the orange pip's high enough. I can go that other route. Or Because the other thing with the Rust Cannon is my characters, apart from Skybite, are pretty puny. Like even Gnaw's going to go down quite quickly. So I was a bit wary of doing too much damage to my own characters. And the last, last two upgrades, we've got two more to look at. One is Sharktacon Mace, because you can't play Sharktacons without playing this card. It's a weapon, plus two, black pip. After the upgraded character attacks, scrap this card. If the upgraded character was a shark to con, put it on one of your other shark to cons instead. Thank you very much. Seems good. And lastly, if you're playing Skybite, I think you want the Tsunami Blaster. Tsunami Would you agree? Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Two copies of Tsunami Blaster because it's got a green pip. I didn't feel like you need to play the full playset, but you want to see it enough that when you do swing with Skybite, he's going to have Bold Bajillion. Um, can't be put on Autobots. The upgraded character is Bold 1 for each card under it, up to Bold 4, plus 1 attack. So that's Shark Attack, mate. I haven't done a sideboard or anything for it because it's, it's literally fresh out of the binder this afternoon. I think it's going to be quite horrible. What What do you think, mate? Yeah, man. I'm I'm excited to try it out. Yeah, I'm I'm intrigued. I'm very, very intrigued. It seems like hammer meets face. Let's just punch things and have a good time. That's what it feels like. And yeah, if you're looking at trying to build something a little bit different, obviously aggro is obviously aggro, but like if you wanted to try some new some of the newer cards out, like Dave's definitely done that with this because obviously the arc is still quite fresh to us, which is cool. Uh, it's been out for a little while now, but um, it's still, you know, it's bringing back old players and new and getting new players uh, into the game. So it's kind of really cool to see that. 
So yeah, I, I love it. I, I'm probably going to play it because everyone knows my guilty pleasure is sharks. So um, yeah. I, I think I think yeah, definitely. I wanted to showcase some of the new stuff with the deck. I want to keep it quite themey as well. So there's quite a lot of theme in. Um, and there's quite a few Arc Wave 1 cards, which I wanted to include. I feel like I haven't even scratched the surface. I've probably built more decks than you have, because obviously me and Claire record quite a lot of content. But I still mm. feel like there's so much untapped potential in the set. And, you know, there's still there's other stuff we want to try. We want to try the Maximals and Predacons. I want to try the Alpha Triumph Protocols. And before you know it, Arc Wave 2 will be out. We've got Reformatted to look at. And I know when we look at that in detail, we're like, oh, yeah, I want to play some of those cards with my combiners, you know? So it's like... I just, yeah, I, I just want to play pointy flying shark man and his sharky friends. So that that shark attack. Let us know what you think. <laughs> that is that is the first draft, so it's not being played with. If there's something I've been done with, please let me know and tell me what I should be playing in its place. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, I love it. I love it really, really a lot. Can't argue with it too much other than like, I think, I think obviously when stuff comes into attack, I feel like you'll always have to have the and like constantly. Do you know what? When, when I do the when I do the video, I might actually just because I normally have the um, music from Transformers a movie. I might actually just have the the jaws fading in. Whenever you say shark, you have to have the and It would be a pain to edit, Dave. Not to lie, but it would be funny. I'd approve. Yeah, yeah. Claire, <laughs> Claire, like, like, be like, you're an idiot. <laughs> you're, you're an idiot. <laughs> So that's oh, that shark that. attack. What have you got? Then you you alluded to the boys. What is it? Yeah. So the boys is uh, the name of my deck. It's an Autobot deck. So coming on the screen, you will see in all its glory. I am, I'm keeping it simple. I'm running a major Ultra Magnus uh, from Wave Three, and I'm running Jetfire from uh, Wave One. Now, I've branched into both the Arc and Alpha Trion uh, protocols for some bits and bobs because I think you got to support the whole community. So I am going with this. So Magnus is a whopping uh, 12 stars to begin with. That's a bit of a beefcake. You know his stats, they're pretty big. Um, Jetfire's 10 stars, so then uh, that's another big character. That's, a, that's another. So uh, overall, you're looking at 22 to begin with. You only get to play with 25, so what we're going to play with those extra three? Right, so what we're going to do is we're going to jump over to the Alpha uh, Trine Protocols Wave 1, and we're going to play the Jetfire Stratagem, which is I Don't Believe in Destiny. Now, this stratagem is for Jetfire Air Guardian, and it says your Autobot armors and utilities can't be scrapped by your opponent's cards. Very key. And at the end of your turn, you may move an upgrade from your Jetfire Air Guardian to one of your other characters. You also get plus one attack, plus one health, and plus one armor. That's one star, guys. So, yeah, that's a beast to have with Jetfire. Now, the synergy I've gone with this is I'm going with a Heroic Spotlight. And with that one extra star from... Uh, heroic spotlight i'm going to get a bit of a brucey bonus and i'm going to go get some ultra magnus armor for the cost of one star this starts on magnus from the get-go and because of this stratagem it cannot be scrapped by your opponent's cards magnus is going to have the armor for a while guys there are ways of removing it but it's going to be there a while which is great because you want magnus to come either swinging in for like seven in alt mode, or dare I say, eight in 
bot mode. That is quite scary. Uh, and then we've got one star to play with, which we're going to get to because it's an action card in the action phase. So what we're going to do is we're going to go through the actions, and um, it's going to be fun. I think I think there's going to be some cards in here that Dave's going to be like, ooh, that's a bit naughty. And uh, ah, like there's going to be some oohs and ahs. I'm not going to say it's amazing. So uh, we're going to kick things off with actions, and we're going to kick things off with two bolster. This is a secret action that allows you to play armors from your hand, which is very, very key because I have got some very tasty armors in this deck, which really benefits um, both Jetfire and Ultra Magnus. So we're running two bolsters, uh, and then we're running two Spymaster Ruses. So basically, you want to get these out, and you want to save those bolsters when stuff and bad things happen. So that's a little bit of a combo with the first four cards. Then, because of synergies and stuff like that, we're going with Rollout. Rollout's in the deck because I want to flip, flip uh, Jetfire constantly to get stuff from my scrap pile. Also, I, it's in there because of the jewel icon for Magnus's Ping Ping ability. We've also got uh, an art card in here with Dare to Believe. It only works, obviously, with Magnus's ability of Pew Pew, um, because obviously it's a car and it's a truck, uh, but you want those jewel pips when you're flipping to do attacks and stuff like that for his trigger more than anything. Uh, we're then running two ramming speeds because we need to get rid of upgrades. It's very, very key. Uh, we're going to run two belligerences because these two, with some of the upgrades I have, hit really hard and horrible. So giving your opponent nothing but like the sad face of playing a belligerence and going, yeah, those blue cards are just nothing now. And these guys are basically hitting very, very high and hard. It makes them really, really sad. Uh, we're then going to play a new card that Dave played against me this week called Scan the Vaults. That card is bonkers. So good. So good. Dan, good job with this whole card design. Basically, the ability with this card, if you didn't know already, guys, is allowing to draw stuff uh, and play stuff from your uh, scrap, uh, scrap pile. No, not scrap pile, sorry. Yeah, KO. No, scrap pile. I am right. It's scrap pile. I get them confused so many times, which is hilarious. But the best thing about this card, which is really, really good, which I think it's probably Dave's favorite card of the set, to be honest, is, is the fact that you draw a card, then you draw a card for each scan your vaults in your scrap pile. So it's card draw, but then it rewards you if you have scan the vaults in your scrap pile. It's really, really good, and you want to keep drawing with this deck because you want to get like a couple of horrific, should we say, upgrades out on the board that basically get bounced back and forth between Jetfire and Ultra Magnus. Now, uh, moving on, we're going to get into the star card. Now, the star card, I wanted to throw in some flair because it never gets played, but I think it could work in this deck quite surprisingly well, and that's Fuel Cachet, just because it's a orange, blue, and white, so it works towards Magnus's ability, but the ability to just have card advantage in your hand, but also scrap stuff into your into your, um, just basically put cards into your scrap pile is really, really strong with this deck because it just gets through some of the cards where you're like, where's that powerful action coming? When's that powerful upgrade? Oh, I can flip Jetfire. I can get to play this upgrade now because it's in my scrap pile. That's really cool. So there's constant fun synergies going on uh, with the scrap pile with this deck, which is kind of cool. Uh, and also for finishing off, uh, the final action is heavy-handed. Both these guys are quite big boys. So having heavy-handed, giving that plus two attack and plus uh, pierce four can be quite relevant. Um, there's not a lot of pierce in this deck, but at the same time, they're there to just basically punch, you know, things through, which you really want to at the end of the day. So uh, they're the actions. There's currently uh, 20 actions in this deck. 
Um, so thoughts, Dave, so far of the shenanigans I've kind of like put together. Naughty. Jetfire Stratagem is arguably one of the most powerful that is in Alphatron Protocols 1, without a doubt. And I said as much when I reviewed it um, on my lonesome, before me and you started collabing, I did a set review and I was like, this is nuts. That and Magnus Armour, Magnus Armour being indestructible is so, so, so good. Because that's what you was finding yesterday when we played, um, played two matches, didn't we, yesterday? And yeah. like Magnus Armour, you did get it, obviously because it's Magnus but I just popped it we're just like that, that off that goes um so you're having having something that makes it permanent is really really key because you kind of are really paying quite a lot for that two stars for an armor is a lot um I love bolster bolster's really good um I really like it mate fuel cache is a really nice choice I think because normally the drawback of fuel cache is like oh I didn't flip all three colors I've put them all in the bin Jetfire don't care about that. Jetfire's like, whoosh, <laughs> back it comes. <laughs> it's like, uh, uh, uh. Access main security. Access main program grid. Ah, ah, ah. You didn't say the magic word. Please! Uh, that's the idea that's the idea just like don't care don't care <laughs> i'm liking it i'm liking it and yeah magnus is a frightening man with his armor so yeah um what what upgrades man what upgrades are in it okay so obviously uh with armors um we've got a magnus armor it starts on magnus um if it does get taken off which there are ways around um obviously the jetfire stratagem um jetfire's there just to get it back out and then obviously there's bolster that's in my action that basically allows me to go it goes straight on now. That's great. So we're running one. So that's it. We're only running one. Uh, we're then going into two force fields because force fields is incredibly strong. It's mainly to be uh, as a backup more uh, for Magnus as well as Jetfire. Uh, and also it's really, really good uh, in a bold environment. You don't really mind. Oh, that, that attack was 20 something. No, I'll just take four. That's fine. Thank you. Um, we'll then uh, run one uh, bashing shield because obviously upgrades, we need to get rid of them. And, you know, removing stuff uh, with bashing shield is the standard these days. And then we're running three trilithium plating, which I found out yesterday is an absolutely insane card. And seeing, and seeing how Dave used his jet fire to get some trilithium plating out just seemed mad. And now realizing this with the stratagem just seems insane in the membrane. <laughs> to be literally uh, the craziest thing ever. So um, they're the armors. Very simple. Only six, but we don't mind. Uh, weapons. Um, let's go for it again. Three grenade launchers. You know, Samuel L. Jackson puts it the best. Uh, 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 here we go. When you absolutely, positively got to kill every mother in the room, except no substitutes. Yeah. When you have to kill every mother trucker in the room, you do not hesitate with a grenade launcher. Uh, we are then running a backup beam because Magnus wants bold, but it's also in there because if uh, situational, really more than anything. Uh, we're running three javelin because it's one of my favorite cards. Both of these characters are ranged. Dave hates javelin, uh, but it's really good with both of these characters because both of them are ranged. And, you know, I'm okay with that. Uh, then I'm going to be running two of the new weapon from the arc called Vampiric Ribbon. Uh, this is incredibly a powerful card because it not just like does a ton of damage, it repairs. So repairing is very, very key for both of these because you will be trying you will be trying to keep these guys long enough, but 
effectively this deck hits supposedly quite hard how i've read it on paper that hopefully your opponent doesn't hit you that hard that you need to repair so this is a very situational card but most of the time you want to put this on either or the characters just to repair it's just ridiculous the utilities are running three of the matrix of leaderships now this is where it gets a bit crazy because obviously jetfire stratagem uh with the matrix of leaderships if you put one out on magnus one out on jetfire they're going nowhere that's an issue for your opponent so obviously you're taking away from magnus's powerful ability but at the same time giving plus one and pierce to some uh, to one of your mates and then obviously plus one and pierce to your other mate you know you can just have fun with the the cloning shall we say of matrix of leadership we are then going to kick it off uh, one for pocket processor just in case you don't really see that matrix of leadership and you want to go the route of card advantage and you want that because you want to try and get some of these upgrades out quicker that's a really good way of doing it and then what we're going to do we're going to finish with the final uh, utility which is energy pack just in case it's the end of game and you're almost dead having an energy pack on a character to give them that little bit of extra health so then you can go in and punch and you might survive so the dream setup obviously is magnus with his magnus armor living the dream jetfire with all three trilithium platings on you're living the dream uh, and with the extra health that will just make your opponent really really sad so the idea is these two big boys are ready to come and play and take out like squads of Decepticons and other troublemakers. So there's the deck. It probably needs a little bit of work. I'm open to suggestions. It's on the screen. Obviously, if you've listened to it on Podbean, you know roughly uh, what to look for. But um, thoughts, Dave, on the, the hilariousness, which is the boys. Yeah, you, you definitely nabbed some of my ideas from that deck I played yesterday. Just, just to let the listeners know, I was running jet firing wind blade from the arc wasn't i it was insane that 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 combo is insane with Fireflight as the the buffer while she gets set up so you're doing a very similar thing you're using magnus with his high armor as the buffer negating the need for little piddly Fireflight, which is really really cool like i i always get really twitchy around too tall but i think magnus has got the beef there and the fact they can't get rid of magnus armor is crucial so the play i did yesterday listeners that that has inspired Lee to go for Wave 1 Jetfire was I flipped what I, I was it Escape Route didn't I Escape Route Windblade yeah. uh, flipped some cards put one Trilithium plating in the bin and then got something else another upgrade um, yeah I put one in the bin and put another upgrade in my hand and took a, a another action and then in my hand I had a Trilithium plating and then there was already another one in the bin already, wasn't there? So what I did is I played Trilithium Plating from hand, put the one that Windblade had just put in the scrap onto Jetfire, then I flipped Jetfire and put the other one from my scrap pile that was already in there on him. So one turn, all three Trilithiums, and you could not get through. From that point, it was such a grind. You weren't even playing, like, Weaklings. You were playing Rodimus Prime and Magnus. Yeah, and they couldn't, and they were doing, they were hitting for, like, no joke, guys. They were hitting for like 13, 14, and it's like, do, 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 do. That's four. You're like, what? <laughs> <laughs> so, Trilithium plating for the extra defense, but also, you know, it negates Pierce. Does it, I didn't even run Pierce yesterday. It's just the fact that if you run Trilithium plating and Jetfire and Windblade and a little bit of blue, oh my God, it goes miles. Like, even Windblade got spanked to pretty much all but death, and then she basically just lived. Like, she couldn't. She wouldn't, she wouldn't die. It was ridiculously amazing. 
And the key to that was one of the cars that you've included in the boys as well, which is Vampire Ribbon. Just like you got her to close to death and then she just crept back. You know, I took Magnus down and then Rodimus just couldn't do enough. And it's really cool to see you tandem arc with Alpha Trial in your, de in your build as well. You know, to see, um, I don't believe in Destiny, which is arguably one of the stronger ones. I think their recent finals had a Jetfire deck in the final. So really yeah. cool, really strong. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm up for, let, let's see if the, sh in fact, that, that'd be a really cool follow on to this. Let's do Shark Attack versus the boys. Yeah, let's see how it works. I'm scared though, because that's a lot of teeth. I don't want to be like picking teeth out of Magnus's armor, you know. I don't yeah, want to his that. armor. You don't care. It's, 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 I can't blow it up or anything. It's gonna be bonkers. <laughs> it could be interesting. It can be very. Interesting. Yeah, I think no. I think they're both two really interesting decks. Embracing and like we've said it many times, you've got to be behind this content, listeners, because it's the future of the game. It is so vital that we embrace this and support these guys that have put in hours and hours of, of testing and design time and all that sort of stuff you know they really have worked so hard to keep this game alive um and i'm all for it man I, let's do it let's do it soon let's do it over christmas yeah but we need a, yeah. we need a name for this little section i couldn't think of, of one off the top yeah. of our heads so give us give us a name for the section listeners really 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 would like to bring some more of our ideas forward in the future 100 percent. so guys we we have uh, the last part of our section uh, of our podcast, which we are going to turn on Teletran. From the secret files of Teletran 2, in the days of Megatron, Decepticons developed the art of espionage using cassette technology. That's right, Teletran is here, and we have two viewer questions. Now, every time before we do any recording or anything like that, we put out on the Facebook uh, communities and stuff like that, would you like to be a part of this show? We want you to be a part of the show. Uh, put questions forward to us. It doesn't have to be Transformers related. It could be anything within reason and all that jazz. But we want this podcast to be a voice in this community. So if you're watching this on YouTube and you want a question being answered or anything like that, please comment below. Let us know. Look out for our posts on Facebook, which obviously you've seen by now is Optimus Prime pointing at you, yelling at you, which is kind of cool. Um, but we've got two questions this week, Dave. The first question we have is from Travis Butler. He says, which is the best way I can have TCG battles during this current time? As I've just started collecting, but have no one I can play the TCG with. So, uh, Dave, do you want to uh, put forward some uh, possibilities for him? And then I'll... I'll yeah, try. yeah, yeah, absolutely. There's two main ways, isn't there, Lee? There's two main ways at the moment. If you're in... Uh, area which where you can't obviously visit your friends and, and, and everything and get to your local game store there's two main ways of doing it and one of those is my preferred way and that's playing via webcam um, most smartphones have got decent cameras nowadays and you just need a tripod how much was that tripod you bought for yours mate? it was literally a tenner it was a tenner from uh, amazon yeah i think mine was comparable like i've got like a one that fits my iphone on it and that's how I record all my content is actually just off my phone. I don't have a, a specialized camera or anything like that. And for, for webcam games, that's all you really need. I play, normally we run two calls, don't we, Lee? Like I'll call you on one app. So I'll call you a messenger and you'll have my play area on one on your laptop. And then you'll Discord me or WhatsApp me, depending on whatever one we feel like using on the day. And I can see your play area on my laptop. 
you get into play with your physical cards and I, that's why it's my preferred medium listeners if you are listening you want to hit me up for a game you know i don't have a um a mega amount of small of spare time because of the two small humans that live in my house but i'm always up for meeting members of the community and particularly with christmas holidays coming up and that you know um i'm always happy to schedule a game and then particularly if you're nervous about doing it for the first time um and then you're not comfortable like you know obviously me and lee are quite visible presences on on the facebook community and obviously on youtube we, we put out a lot of content so it might help you broach that barrier of playing with someone you don't know because there is the you know i'm sure one of the things you were going to say is there's a facebook group isn't there um for yeah. this very thing yeah yeah there is there is a, a transformers webcam games i'm one of the co-founding members of it um i don't have that much um interaction on that group as much as i should but um there's a group I've, I've i've obviously talked to travis and sent him some links and stuff like um that is a really cool group it's a mixture of people from all over the world especially during this time they can't really have games so they do webcam games on there and pretty much no joke as soon as you go on there and say uh is anyone free to have a game or can anyone play at this time you will get hit up pretty much immediately which is fantastic um discord is another really good uh, route uh, or route, should we say, uh, to go uh, down because a lot of the people in this community have a Discord group. Um, just need to... I'll, I'll probably get you in touch, Travis, with a few people to to invite you into a few things so you can then just get to know a few people and then have open like games, which is really good. Uh, Octagon is also another thing. You can download that. I've sent, I've sent you a video that I helped do uh, with Cameron, a.k.a. Arbitrary Hero. And basically, it, that that video which I showed you shows you how to download uh, the cards, download the program, and I believe all the Alpha Try and stuff there. Even the Arc has just recently been put on there. And then if you say, "Hey, is anyone wanting to play online?" you will find matches. It's basically kind of like you will. There's it's just being a bit be vocal, and people will listen. That's how I've always said. And um, people will give you games. Trust me. They're the main two two ways of doing it, aren't they? And I think like. Octagon's got obviously the advantages that you can just click and load your deck in and you don't have to shuffle or anything like the computer does it all for you. Um, I'm much more of a I want to play with my cards kind of guy, so that's why um, I don't play on Octagon, but I know it's a really popular medium and there's a lot of really cool guys that I'm in touch with in the community. Travis, uh, you know, like they would more than happy to talk you through doing it but if you want to play with your real cardboard cards join that webcam group like lee says there's there's people saying all the time anyone for a game um or you can reach out to myself or or, or lee directly and we you know i'm happy particularly if you want to learn the game you know i'm more than happy to, to play play some some cool stuff with you you know moving on from that as a foundation you know there are online events as well so if you get the bug and you want to play a more competitive level um there's tournaments hosted on octagon and there's also and our, our good friend dan from vector sigma runs an awful lot of um webcam based events online with with cool stuff going on there so you know there is a vibrant community don't feel like you can't play in this covid era you can it's just you've just got to find that different way of playing and there's so many you know the community the for for Transformers is just phenomenal. Like the community is amazing. It's a really, really good time as well to be getting in the game because particularly from these print and play sets, you don't have to physically go and buy them. You can just print them off on a sheet of paper and do for our UK listeners, a blue Peter jobby. Um, 
you know, it, you just try stuff out. Like, you know, you don't have to spend a, a fortune on super rares and stuff, which is, is fantastic. It's a really good time. So welcome from me and Lee to the community, man. Like, welcome. And yeah, hit us up. We'll give you some games. Yeah, 100%. And also, I, I'm, I'm going to publicly say this because I always say this. The game is dead. So you can find those cards, print them and play them because... If there are tournaments, your tournament organizer might be like, yeah, you need to play with the actual physical cards. But in this climate right now, if you have a printout of something, I will gladly play you with it because I'm not that kind of guy. I just rather have more people playing the game. So feel free to do that uh, and hit us up, Travis. That'd be amazing. So Dave, the final question before we end episode 13, chi, 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 ha, 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 to quote Friday the 13th, is from Ben De Deliwu. I apologize if I butchered your name, Ben. I apologize. He says, a thought experiment, guys. Going back for a moment to the time just before the new community sets and stratagems were released. So this is before Alpha Triumph, before the arc, before everything. What worked with waves one and five to deal with the best dangerous decks such as Sky Shadow and Quake. When Wave 5 came out, one of the first decks I put together was Sky Shadow just to see what it was like. I can tell you now that deck was undefeated at our table. So I'm not in a very, very strong position to, to answer that question. I'm quite a casual player, aren't I really? So I don't know. What what your thoughts, mate? to deal with it and I'll, I'll try and have a brainstorm whilst we're talking <laughs> so i'm i'm not gonna i'm not gonna get on my high horse and say that i smashed these decks into the ground one i went undefeated against the other one i struggled with so sky shadow obviously big issue i never lost a game against quake ever with a deck that i'm going to tell you about which um i ran two decks against these decks which against these characters even that just obliterated i didn't have fun playing these decks because it they're not fun to me in my personal eyes they're there to basically basically stone cold steve austin <laughs> give two middle fingers to sky shadow and quake uh one is that i built and that you can see on my channel uh, on the YouTube channel, which is my Sergeant Cog deck, which is Sergeant Cog and a few of the Sky, uh, not Sky Patrols, a few of the um, uh, Road Patrol guys, which is just truck heavy. And getting Cog, uh, they have to punch Cog first. Uh, and then Cog just basically goes, cool, I will transform, go on a big guy, and then I'll fire out all these powerful upgrades and I'll aggro the crap out of you. I literally never lost to Quake with that deck. I lost quite a bit to Sky Shadow because you would blow up a few bits and then obviously he would transform and then Pierce just eradicated you, which is obviously a thing. Sky Shadow is still an issue, personally. Um, he's still a problem. Uh, the other deck I ran, which also is expensive and not fun, was my Bling Bling Cars deck, which was uh, Wind Charger, Trax, and uh, Cliff Jumper. Three really expensive cards. Uh, with all the aggro in the world, but it it just gave people, again, hilariously big problems. Like, my one change that I did with this cars deck is aggro, which was fun because everyone said at the beginning of Wave uh, 5, tracks is trash. I don't enjoy tracks. Well, if you look at tra uh, tracks and do showing off and also have kinetic whip, you'll have all the bold in the world and you're basically flipping loads and loads of cars, which is ridiculous. And you'll have all the bold in the world from other cars. And I can tell you now, at one point, I did 
26 damage with tracks and I had a steamroller on the table or steamroll, sorry, on the table. And I was hitting Quake and Quake obviously doesn't have a lot of health and whatever continues over goes on to something else. So it couldn't go on to the head, obviously, but it blew up other characters on his board. Most of the time when I got that dream playoff, which was quite hilariously effective a lot, was you would basically kill two characters in one turn with tracks. It's not fun to play because I, I mentioned it hilariously on our Matterfer episode that the cog one, I enjoyed building it, but then when I played it, I was like, this isn't fun for my opponent. I can literally kill them after one attack from every bot. This isn't fun. And it kind of defeated the purpose for me for running those kind of decks. But that's how competitive play is sometimes. And that's why I kind of sometimes only banter in a little bit of competitive play because you'll see a lot of recurring lists and you see a lot, I, I, I call it really like a, with every game, it's not just Transformers, with every game, it is literally, oh, what's on the top tables? What are the top things? And people will play those things. And because they're doing well, they will just stick at those and it can be quite boring. I, I think that's endemic to gaming now, particularly in gaming this modern, in general, yeah. yeah in, in this modern age of the internet. I remember when I first started playing Magic the Gathering, you didn't have the internet, or well, we did, but it wasn't the presence it is now so data is a lot easier to come by so it doesn't matter whether you're playing magic transformers x-wing imperial soul whatever you, you know if you or 40k is a very good example as well like lists crop up all the time and i think that's one of the reasons i haven't delved into the highly competitive side of transformers because for me it's a nostalgia kick and i love playing stuff on the movies i'm not saying my decks are trash because they're not i built sky shadow and i had sky shadow with i had the fangry build yeah that's a horrible build like it wasn't fun to play um it when you're beating people and you just don't feel like you can lose with the deck for me it's like some people if, if that's your what you enjoy doing and you enjoy winning at that kind of um in that way then that's 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 fun i'm not saying you're wrong to do that but for me it i just didn't enjoy playing with sky shadow and it's kind of the same with quake i did have a quake deck that was really cool i had quake with um, I think it was a couple of mini cassettes and maybe a patrol character or something. It was like really like loads of cheap and cheerful things, all with erratic energy grenades. And it was hilariously like the splash damage was nuts. But after a few games of it, I'm like, it's actually quite degenerate. And the same goes for horrible. Um, you know, I think from my perspective, I think it's a good thing that we've got these community waves because they have addressed some of those problems. And you know, I know Dan has addressed the the problems in his events by having titan one as a format by having junkion as a format um, and trying to switch things up and keep it interesting and obviously they're allowing their alpha trying protocols in their events um which there are answers to these you know what was the what was in the finals we had i think there was a dark mountain sky shadow was one of the decks but the yeah, other one was jet, it was, jet it was, fire uh, the yeah jetfire and something yeah. else so it's nice to see those community things i don't know what the arc are planning with regards to events using their content and i imagine being the super group that they are you know obviously got some high profilers in there for wreck and roll blues on attack powered by primus and all that and matt and, and from matter for you know there's some some big names and i'm sure they're going to do something when the real world allows us to whether they do webcam stuff or not i don't know um, you know, just looking at individual card choices for against like Sky Shadow and stuff, I always found Hollow Matter Projector was key. I, you know, I've kind of 
shied away from playing it all the time now, but like Hollow Matter Projector should definitely be in your sideboard, if not your main deck. Um, Sky Shadow is a real tricky one because it is so powerful. It really is. You know, its individual components are good before they combine, and when it does combine, it's it dumb. You know, it's dumb. Wave Five was really, really, really power creepy. I think it pushed the power level of Decepticons way over the edge. Yeah, hundred percent. 100% I completely agree with that so so what we had obviously guys in the on the final table of the the Vector Sigma tournament so you guys can understand was we had uh, Dark Mount and Skytread and uh, not Skytread sorry Sky Shadow on one side and then on the other side we had Jetfire Fangry and Autobot Jazz and Autobot Jazz had his stratagem I don't know if it was the Arc one or the Vector Sigma one uh, but Jetfire also had his um, uh, I know for a fact that was the uh, Alpha Trion one um, so you have that uh, you see recurring old characters coming back to the forefront, which is dope. And obviously, Dark Mount on the other person's side had his stratagem from uh, Arc White. Oh, Straxus lives. Obviously, Straxus lives. So good. That's such a good one. So, so Ben, hopefully that helps helps you. You can ask other people as well. I know um, Perceptor was a thing that that kind of beat uh, Sky Shadow, which was funny. Even Daring Escape decks beat Sky Shadow, which made me laugh a little bit, but obviously I never ran that, so I don't know how to work. So just, um, yeah, there was a few things that could kill it, but obviously there's been answers to those now, which is kind of cool, and, uh, you know, there are ways of slowing it down and, and beating it, like, but then that's obviously you're just tailor-making your, um, your sideboard to deal with those decks. So that's, that comes with deck building and answering questions and stuff like that, so, um, for me, my, in my mindset now, I don't even think about pre-Arc and Alpha Triumph because as far as I'm concerned, they're part of the card pool that I build from. So it's very hard to think back to that mindset. I think, you know, tournament play was massively impacted this year. We didn't see an awful lot of like larger scale events. Obviously, Dan's been doing a stellar job putting out these Vector Sigma tournament. I think there's nearly near enough one every month, isn't there? There's always something happening. Yeah, there's there's those guys there, and I believe that I of the Matrix as well have been doing stuff as well, and just like people have really stepped up because obviously we don't have uh, the Gen Cons, we don't have you know the big you know the big tournaments people go to, but obviously COVID happened. But. You know, thanks, thanks to both of you um, for your questions today. Um, you know, listeners, keep them coming. We, we, you know, we want to make this a bigger part of the podcast, like the Q and A session, because it's interesting to hear what thoughts the community do have. You know, I think that's something we both want, isn't it? Like a bit more interaction. Hundred percent. We want. Like, I think the best tagline for what we say is "One shall stand, one shall fall." Is all about is we want to be a voice for the community. That's what we want to do. And like, I think this exa- this has been a prime example of a voice in the community. I bet some people didn't even know there was Beast Ward cards. I bet there was so many people who probably didn't know there was cards probably before Ark and the Alpha Triads and loads of other fun stuff. Um, you know, because it seems so far away. Um, but yeah, it's it's just awesome. We, we want to be a voice for you guys out there and we want to involve you in this podcast as much as possible. So um, yeah, it is all good in the hood. So with that being said, that is another episode in the books. Episode 13. Yeah, there it is again. The lovely Friday the 13th noise and the sound effects of joy. It's done. We've we reviewed a set that we've had help with, thanks to Ben. Thank you very much, Mr. Cox, for uh, 
for helping us uh, understand the characters a little bit more. Yeah, thanks, Bangar. Much appreciated. Also, thank you, Randy, for creating and sending that stuff to us. Much appreciated. And thanks again to our uh, listeners for sending emails for us to uh, basically answer. So um, what we've got coming up on the next couple of episodes, we don't know what order they're going to be coming in, but we've got Wes from The Ark who wants to do an episode with us uh, but we're not going to be talking really about The Ark what we've uh, talked to him to get you guys a little bit excited is we want to talk about the raid aspect of uh, Power by Primus because obviously they've done a Unicron raid and we want to divulge and discuss how, how it was for the design aspect of that and also what their future ideas are for the raids and also he's supposedly a law god so uh, I've got some fun questions and I know Dave's got some fun questions uh, to uh, ask him because Yeah I'm really psyched to be talking to Wes because I'm a big fan of Power by Primus anyway way um and the raids that they put out um is if you haven't tried it try unicron it is so good um but for those listeners i'm sure unless you live under a rock um you're familiar with blues on attack and their series blue talk go and watch their last blue talk because it's a massive um session with most of the members of the arc wasn't it it is really really good and if you want to sort of sort of get a sneak peek of what we, we want to talk to Wes about there's a little bit about the rays and what they're doing with it so that's that's really cool as well isn't it Lee that's that's a good episode to watch yeah yeah I, I could say we're gonna hit it might have several forms of questions should we say Dave maybe I think okay. so yes I think so 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 I'm looking forward to that we've got um we've got Eddie Santos um who is a small smaller uh, team unlike the art which is loads of people very much like randy um he's made a set called reformatted which we've had a a, a brief look at and he's kindly agreed to come on board hasn't he? we're going to interview him as well about how he designed the set and what he wanted to achieve out of that um so yeah if you've not seen reformatted already we'll be doing that um, what else have we got coming up, mate? We've got Christmas coming up, so that's kind of fun. Uh, we've also got Salty has reached out to us and said he wants to be on an episode, so we've got, we're going to talk to a fellow Brit, which would be awesome. So um, that would be really good. Uh, and yeah, if you want to be a part of this cast uh, and do some stuff, you know, you can send us emails and all that stuff and questions. But if you want to be on a podcast, you know, we're more than merrier just to go like, hey, if you want to come on and talk some Transformers, you don't just have to be a big voice in the... Uh, in the tcg or whatever you could be a local who owns a store who wants to do transformers stuff and stuff like that we want to we want to promote more stuff because obviously we want to be a voice for the community so if you've got tournaments coming up please let us know and we will advertise them on here because hey we want to be a voice for the community oh i love that it's so it sounds good it just sounds good saying it absolutely mate i think you know there's so much that's going on in this community and I'm, I'm proper excited um so uh yeah i think that's uh, another episode in the books guys thank you uh, for listening if you've listened to it on podbean please leave a review if you've listened to it through itunes and stuff a review is always appreciated give us those stars and give us your honest review if you've watched it on youtube uh please leave a like a like is much appreciated comment below for your questions to be answered on later episodes which will be awesome uh also on the screen go check out dave's channel my channel you know also guys don't forget if we get Dave to 100, you might be able to win a printed playset of Alpha Trion Wave 1 and 2. So go and subscribe to his channel. Let's get him over 100 subscribers. That'd be amazing. And so, with that being said, it is a goodbye from me, Lee. And a goodbye from me, Dave. Thanks for listening, everyone. We'll see you on the next episode of One Shall Stand, One Shall Fall. One Shall Stand, One Shall Fall. One shall stand, one shall fall.